paper. So, so. Invited to take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll free and bring up anything you would like at 800 259 9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. Joining you this evening, it's Ian. And Ryder. And Mark. Once again, the number 800 259 9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Hope you enjoy the features there because we give them to you, unlike those other talk show hosts who want to charge you for accessing their websites. Uh, we do it for free, so go and see what it's all about. Get interactive over at freetalklive.com. As always, uh, much to discuss uh, internationally, nationally, etc., but the action still continues here in Keene, New Hampshire, uh, which is where we do this show after Porkfest, which wrapped up on Sunday. A number of folks kind of stayed in town, uh, stayed in New Hampshire, traveled around a bit, touring and kind of checking out the state. And so we've had kind of still this influx of uh, of new blood, new activists here in the area. And they've got a real taste of some of what things are like up here, where the government people here in Keene have been cracking down within just the last three days on liberty activists. It was Monday that uh, Bo Davis from LibertyOnTour.com was arrested for wearing a hat in court. And then the following day, a demo from LibertyOnTour.com was arrested for talking to the man who normally wears a robe. He was out of his robe at the time uh, he was being spoken to. But apparently speaking to uh, a judge is apparently a criminal act. Uh, you thought you had freedom of speech. Well, you apparently were wrong about that. And uh, then another activist, Derek, was arrested for attempting to go and videotape in the court lobby where others have been arrested in the past. Other independent journalists, uh, videographers have been arrested. In fact, Derek, I believe, is the third uh, independent videographer to be arrested in this uh, this court lobby in an odyssey that has spanned multiple years and uh, Nick Ryder is uh, is here on our our third mic tonight, joining us as uh, as our co host for the hello evening. everybody. Hey Nick uh, or Ryder, it is uh, it is good to have you here. Now you've lived in Keene, New Hampshire, pretty much your entire life, correct? Correct. And uh, so you're very somewhat familiar with uh, with this whole situation because you've been here to see it all develop over time. True, but I didn't know where the district court was until you came along and actually gave me a reason to ever go there. Right, but you've been there as long as there have been activists uh, being arrested there. I have, absolutely, yes. And, uh, Mark, you missed it today because the arrest continued uh, today as Jim Johnson was arrested. Uh, so, again, a, a videographer arrested yesterday, uh, a demo arrested yesterday, Bo arrested the day before that. Today, the fourth arrest with uh, Jim Johnson, who was convicted a couple months ago of trespass at this uh, superior court in front of a jury, he was fined some arbitrary amount of money and has not paid that fine. So Yeah, they, Jim's not going to pay fines. I'm sorry. I'm just not going to do it. So they called. Now, now, before we go on to Jim, um, people are probably listening and, and hearing you say that Adema was arrested for talking to a judge. And they're thinking probably, well, Adema walked up to this judge and threatened him or uh, tried to convince him to rule one way or the other on a case. Yeah. That's not... What happened? Bo was the man arrested the day before. Mm-hmm. He was arrested, found in contempt, and sentenced, which should be an indicator that the case is closed. And at that uh, point, judges are allowed to be interviewed by the media and anyone 
um, about any closed case. So, Even if it was an open case, it doesn't matter because the way this uh, the statute is written that Adamo was charged with, it's it's really written to only handle people who are threatening a judge in order to get him to I agree with you, but there way. should be even no gray area at all in this case. Or attempting to bribe the judge. The word is they've reopened the case. Which makes no sense. What is there to reopen? I, I don't know. It could be that he's not identifying himself and so therefore... You know, that it's one of those situations where if you don't identify yourself, you get held in a cage forever. But did Adamo know it was reopened when he started speaking to the judge? I have the slightest clue. Okay. I, I don't know what Adamo knew. And right now, Adamo's in jail uh, and will be there until the uh, the arraignment, which is not scheduled for another nine plus days. So they're holding him with $5,000 bail. Now, nine plus days. I mean,. Yeah. Usually you get in front of the judge the day after or something. It's not well, it's a probable, yeah, it's a probable cause hearing, not an arraignment. Oh, I apologize. So. Probable cause hearing. But that's not always true anyway, Mark. Uh, frequently, like uh, Derek, the videographer that was arrested yesterday at Keene District Court in the pu- ostensibly public lobby for using a video camera, Derek was ticketed, released, and his arraignment scheduled for the 14th. So <laughs> it's not correct. If Usually you're only arraigned if you're in their custody. Right. Right. Well, and a demo is. Right. Yeah, I see where you're coming from. So, uh, by the way, the video is up. Uh, I didn't, it wasn't up yesterday when we were doing the show, but it is now. So you can go to freekeen.com. You can see this video of Derek being arrested by these court thugs who uh, just, they just go out of control when their handler is, no, is not around. The guy that is normally in charge of the court's security, uh, Lance Walton, was not there Monday or yesterday. And indeed, his security agents went crazy and just started arresting people. And so, uh, let's see. So today, Jim Johnson is in court. This is a different court. Jim Johnson is in the court, which is called Superior Court. This is the same court where a man set himself ablaze, self-immolated himself, killed himself in front of this same courthouse. That's where Jim Johnson went today because he was being called in for some sort of a non-payment of a fine hearing. Where at this hearing, he told the man in the robe that he wasn't going to fill out their form. They had handed him this uh, multi-page financial affidavit uh, for him to fill out, and he said, "Yeah, I'm not gonna, uh, I'm not gonna testify for or against myself here. You, you can't require me to do that, right? Yeah, you would Isn't think. That the idea yeah, that was sure. the fifth is that the Fifth Amendment That's where you're not supposed amendment. to be able sure. to testify against yourself, like where if you want to remain silent, you could remain well, silent. You can you testify to? against yourself. You needn't." Right, you can't be coerced into it. You can't be forced into testifying against yourself. Sure. Well, you don't. When you fill out one of these forms, they're asking for information. When they're asking for information, you don't know how they're going to use that information. You should be able to take the Fifth Amendment. But filling out that form wasn't part of any sentence. So, what was their justification of? Were they saying if you fill this out, maybe we won't enforce the fine on you? That's pretty much what it w- was being said, as I understand it. Is basically Jim was saying something like, "I haven't got the money for you." Yeah, um, which you know, and they is, were saying we want to see what your finances are, so we can determine whether or not you yeah, have the money. Sure. And so they wanted him to give up all that information, and he doesn't want to give that information out. He's willing to go to jail, but they're trying this. They're playing this little game with him over paperwork, where the man in the robe then it tells Jim, "Look, you will fill out the financial affidavit, or you'll be held in contempt of court." And Jim decides that he doesn't want to fill this fun, this paperwork out. He's under no obligation to do so. And so he was then held in contempt of court and sentenced to indefinite detention until the fine is paid. Now, the weird thing is the man in the robe didn't clarify the $50 a day thing. Because normally in New Hampshire, and I don't know how many other places it's like this, but normally if you get fined something in a courtroom in New Hampshire, you can go to jail and essentially pay it off by being in jail at 50 bucks a day. 
So if you got a $300 fine, then you go in there for six days, and you, you've paid, so-called paid uh, the fine. At that point, they release right. you. He didn't mention anything about that. So I think the best case He's scenario— He's in for, for contempt, uh, frankly. He could be right. in forever. That's, that's just it. He is, in contempt. he is in for contempt, which means it's an indefinite sentence. But the judge also makes it clear, and this video is also up at freekeen.com for those of you who'd like to see— it is also, frustrating to watch. I mean, I've just is. got so – I can't believe more people didn't go to jail today with There's this video. There's a lot video. more to it than what we're telling you right now. We can get to that in a moment here. But so the judge tells him you're going to jail for contempt. You can either fill out the form and we'll readdress this issue or you can sit in jail until the fine is paid. Now, that's not really crystal clear. That could mean that they'll release Jim after – I don't know what the fine was. Let's say it was $300. So let's say that they'll release Jim after six days. He didn't make that clear though. He said just until the fine is paid. So is he going to hold him in jail on the $50 a day thing, or is he going to hold him in jail indefinitely on contempt until somebody decides to pay his fine from the outside? Yeah. That's, yeah. that's uncertain at this point in time. It's very confusing because the $50 a day is a matter of state law. Any person sentenced conditionally to pay a fine or to be imprisoned for a term shall be discharged at the expiration of the term and may be discharged at any time on payment of the balance of a fine after deducting $50 for each day. All right, so but if you're in for contempt... They can keep you as long as they want. I don't see any reason why he would be in for contempt. He's allowed to Other go to jail. Other than what the the the, the uh, transvestite and the big black muumu said that he was in for contempt, right? Well, that's right. True, but filling out that financial form shouldn't be a prerequisite to having to go to being able to go to jail for fifty dollars. I've a seen day. no evidence in New Hampshire courts, and frankly, not too many others, that these guys can't do whatever the hell they want. I agree with that. I mean, no I just, I'm just saying, I, don't, I haven't seen any. Well, wait till you hear what else these people were doing. And again, the video footage is up at freekeen.com. There's a lot more that surrounded what happened with Jim Johnson today. So, three activists in jail, four arrests within the last three days, just fresh out of Porkfest here. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Take control. Free Talk Live amplifiers get access to higher quality archives free of commercial breaks and other perks. Join AMP for just $3 per month at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free and bring up whatever you want. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site free, so enjoy those on us. Listening options included live streams. We've got them. Broadband and dial-up versions of the program are over 100 radio uh, stations. You can get details on them. The satellite listening options, webcam, listen lines that allow you to call in from any phone that can dial long distance. All the details are there at listen.freetalklive.com. Do you think the Free State Project is a good idea? If you don't know what the Free State Project is, keep listening. We'll, we'll talk about it a little later. And if you think it's a good idea, are you frustrated with the languidity at the, at the rate at which the FSP is, is reaching its 20,000 signer mark? If so, consider this idea. A small group of liberty activists making telephone calls and petitioning the, in public areas for signers to the FSP's statement of intent. Jason Osborne and I have come up, have uh, put together a program where we've gotten dozens and dozens of signers so far. But I pay, pay these activists for their time, and I need you to go to freestatenow.com. 
com and sponsor some signers. You can go there to freestatenow.com, sponsor one, three, or ten signers. Please do it today. Um, if, if you do sponsor signers, I guarantee that I'll get those signers for you. I will make the telephone calls or get the petitions to, to, to make it happen if I have to. Hopefully that won't, it won't come down to that, but I'm, you know, it's, it's happening. Uh, just go to freestatenow.com and we can reach that 20,000 goal in 12 months. You think, people, you think so? I know we no. Look, I know we can happen. At all, all it is at this point is money. So you've been able to find enough names because y'all were having trouble kind of getting the names. Names before. I've got. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I've got uh, you know, and honestly, this uh, petitioning thing, you don't need names, and it's working pretty efficiently. Petitioning just, thing. Well, I've got people out with trifolds. That's the little oh, form. going out re- in real life. Yeah, out in real life on street on the streets of Boston Common, and I'm going to send uh, you know folks out to Brattleboro if I if I can. Um, but I got to pay these folks. You know how difficult it is out there trying to get people to sign things, especially you know <laughs> the, the closest areas in New Hampshire happen to be places that are uh, generally pretty liberal. You got to pay folks, and so I need people to sponsor signers at FreeStateNow.com. Well, I hope that, that we can get there in 12 months because nothing could be more important, I think, at this point in time than getting as many liberty-minded people together in the same place. That's the point of the Free State Project. You didn't get into it earlier, but it's the idea of concentrating activism. And we're already concentrated. There have already been hundreds that have made the move. So that's going to help make it easier to bring new people on board when you're trying to, to run this campaign is the, the success stories that the callers will be able to tell to these folks that they're calling of what's already happened here in New Hampshire. But this isn't the Free state yet there's a lot of work to be done there's sure a there lot is. that needs to change and one of those things is these courtrooms are out of control we'll uh, give you some more details on the crackdown on liberty activists that's happening here in Keene uh in a little bit but first let's go to you and your thoughts uh, about whatever is on your mind theo is on the line in ohio theo you're on free talk live with the Ryder and mark oh thank you um i was wanting to bring up something that i see as very important for the liberty community and that's uh actually a plant that comes from Gabon, known as Iboga, and it has the power and ability to um, basically cure and heal uh, drug addictions and also psychological problems. And, and it's called it's called Iboga? Yes, spelled I-B-O-G-A. Now that's an interesting uh, claim. What do you have to back it up? Um, many tests, um, some conducted by a Dr. Deborah Mash from Miami University, who has been doing ongoing studies um, in the Virgin Islands. It's actually a Scheduled One drug um, in the U.S., which it, to me, if nothing else, proves um, the chicanery going on. So really. they've got it classified up there with cocaine and heroin? Exactly. I've never yeah. heard of it. Well, that's why I see it as so important. I've yeah. tried calling other shows but never gotten through. Um, actually, also, what I wanted to bring up is one of the forerunners of this movement, the underground movement, Dimitri Mugenis, uh, he was featured on a 2004 show of um, NPR. Um, he was actually busted earlier this year um, for trying to treat people for addictions, and he's been very successful all throughout, especially in New York City. You know, it's interesting uh, that, that a lot of these drugs that they made, as you say, Schedule 1 or Schedule 2 uh, narcotics, which means they're very, very illegal, and you know, having a, just a little bit of it could get you in a lot of trouble and uh, lead to jail time, etc. Uh, it's interesting, some of the very effective 
uh, things that these the drugs can be used for. I mean, cocaine, for instance, has well-known medical um, uses. Sure. But also uh, MDMA, which is commonly known as ecstasy on the street, is incredibly useful at curing PTSD, post-traumatic yep. stress disorder. It's supposed to be very good for depression, yeah. but we wouldn't know because you can't. Te- it's, it's very difficult to do tests with Schedule One drugs, right? Because the DEA has to give approval to any uh, university or whoever it is that wants to do this uh, this testing. And so now you're talking about uh, tab. According to Wikipedia, it's uh, the full name is Tabern Tabernanth Iboga. Yeah, Tabernanthi Ibogaine. It was first. Uh, Apparently, uh, the pygmies in in the Gabon region and also surrounding Cameroon of the rainforest were the ones to uh, to uh, discover it and have used it. You know, since the beginning, if we believe the pygmies are the first people, it's my personal belief. According to the um, and, piece here, it stimulates the central nervous system when taken in small doses and induces visions in larger doses. So, have you ever used the the product? Uh, yes, I have. I used it in a in a what's called a, an extract, a TA, um, total alkaloids. Um, and, and it's actually known as an oneographic um, in the community, the ibogaine community. Um, you can find a site maybe on uh, my eboga. We'll give you some information. Um, so, I mean, were you taking it for the purpose of inducing a visions, or what was the purpose for you? For me, it was more um, PTSD for... Mm-hmm. Um, getting busted three years prior for uh, growing cannabis um, and the kind of terror that came upon from the DEA and the feds, you know, harassing me. Um, I, at that time, I was a Rasta. I cut my dreadlocks off and um, basically hadn't been able to wrap my mind around everything that had gone on. Um, according to uh, according to the piece here, uh, the iboga extracts as well as the purified alkaloid ibogaine are used in treating opiate addiction. The therapy may last several days, and upon completion, the subject is generally no longer physically dependent. So it's yeah, uh, it said it said that it even immediately takes away the withdrawal symptoms within mm-hmm. um, an hour, even two. Uh, Canada and Mexico are thriving with treatment centers. The U.S. is actually thriving with underground treatment centers, Mm -hmm. um, which you can find, or people that need it can find on that My Eboga site. There there is uh, lots of providers there. Very interesting. I was watching a special... um, I don't know what channel it was or anything like that, but it was about sort of people going through heroin withdrawals, and you could see them. They had pictures of them in the county jail just going through these withdrawals. And, you know, frankly, if the United States government disallows uh, the testing of a drug that is known to cure this sickness, I mean, that is evil. I mean, it's it's absolutely evil. Hey, thanks, exactly. Theo, for the call and the heads up tonight uh, at 800 259 9231. And who knows what other wonders these illegal drugs actually hold within them. As you say, Mark, no one can really run Can't tests. Can't test them. Uh, the United States government hates science. 1 800 259 9231. It's really sad. There's more on the way here. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com.
This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free if you want. You can take control of these airwaves, bring up anything you would like, comment on what we're already talking about, or completely change the direction of uh, the program. 800-259-9231. It's up to you. 1-800-259-9231. Inviting you to our website. You can get news updates, news.freetalklive.com. Go there, get signed up. Follow us via email, or perhaps you prefer Twitter or Facebook. You can do those as well. It's all free, of course. News.freetalklive.com. Uh, tonight on the Edgington Post, I speak with uh, Michael M- De L. Marlowe. He's a professor out at uh, Cal Poly. And we talk about optimal weight. Not what your optimal weight should be, but does the government know what your optimal weight should be and how government programs, although they're trying to get Americans to be thin, in fact make Americans fat. It's a very interesting interview, and uh, you can get that at the end of the podcast tonight at freetalklive.com. I guess the podcast will be available at about 11.30 Technically, it's the end of the archive, Mark. Podcast is a delivery system. Okay. The archive. Yeah. Whatever. Which is available through podcast, or you can just click and download it directly. It's gotcha. Up, it's up to you. All right, so uh, 800-259-9231. Common mistake, however, uh, people call uh, MP3 archives podcasts these days. But podcast is uh, is a technical term for how the the content is delivered. So you could have podcast being an MP3 file. It could be a WAV file. It could be a video file. It could be, you know, whatever. It's very interesting. Could you hand me a Kleenex, please? Yeah. No. Can I have one? Why are you asking me for that? Kleenex um, is a brand name for a facial tissue. Oh, I see what but you're saying. But you see how you understood what I said. Podcast is not a brand name. No, uh, it, indeed it's not, but it's still uh, just another name really for this archive thing. 1-800-259-9231. Uh, words are important, so it's uh, important to get the right ones. So right. Apparently you let's knew exactly to, what I said. When I knew I'm, what you said. And by the way, this is a box of puffs. You weren't saying it correctly. Let's talk to Jake <laughs> in Wisconsin. Jake, you're on Free Talk Live. Jake is in Wisconsin going once. Hello, Ian. Hi, Jake. Hey, how's it going? What's on your mind tonight? Uh, I just want to call in about uh, Porkfest. I came out to to see a couple of the events there uh, this week, and yeah, I had a lot of fun. Um, Me uh, too. Really Porkfest was great. Yeah, I didn't get to see you there, but I, I saw a lot of the you know people you talk about on the show. Uh, I actually met a demo. Turns out he's from Mayville, which is 20 minutes away from where I live right now. It's a small world. Yeah. I'm surprised you didn't see me. I mean, it's not like I was hiding. Uh, there are a lot of people at uh, the Porcupine Freedom Festival. There certainly are. Uh, but Mark That's I, why he didn't see you. Well, I mean, but it wouldn't be hard to, should you have wanted. I mean, we were in the same place every single night doing the show, so it would, yes. wouldn't have been hard to track we, It's down. 7 to 10. It's yeah, re- relatively sure. easy to find. Yeah. Anyway, glad you had a good time. What else did oh. you want to share tonight? Oh, wait. Um, I was just going to say something like, well, we were there for the first time, my girlfriend and I, and it was just kind of, we would have liked maybe something like a welcoming or, a, you know, something to meet some more people there. You know, I couldn't believe how many people I met that weren't even from New Hampshire. Or so, hold on, from, let me see if I'm understanding. You met a bunch of people, but you wanted to meet more? Yeah, I kind of wanted to, I don't know, I kind of felt like me and my girlfriend would walk around, but we wouldn't really know anybody or you know uh, i don't know just hang out with you guys or well, uh usually you have to strike up conversations but i see what you mean you want like an icebreaker or something like that the, yeah, the, ice, maybe, the icebreaker uh, was on monday what on was monday 
I I can't remember the name of it, but there was uh, you know there, there were meet and greets, uh, you know, welcome to Pork Fest, that kind of uh, situation going on. Did they have like icebreaker games or something? Not like that? games, but I mean like you know they gave speeches, you know, meet your neighbor, that kind of thing. Remember mm-hmm. those games where you had to like grab right. someone randomly and then you have to. I don't know. Never mind. They have different games that uh, that you can play that uh, make icebreaking a little bit easier. So, are you suggesting that maybe there should be icebreaker activities or, or you know new person activities every single day? Yeah, we didn't get down there until uh, a couple days into Port Fest. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. I think that's a, I think that's a legitimate suggestion. I mean, it's it's tough to be an introvert at an event like Pork Fest because it's it's yeah. easy to just walk around and keep to yourself. Um, but then again, if you do see somebody and you want to talk to them, you you just walk right up and talk to them. And most people are are pretty friendly and pretty reasonable. And oh, so, I mean, it doesn't sound like you were completely alone the entire time you were there. As you said, you met some folks, and and that's good, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, because we didn't get there till uh, a couple days into it, and we were staying at a at a motor inn, so we weren't actually we didn't have a campsite. And I think uh, you know, if you had a campsite, you would see the same people pretty much every day. Yeah, yeah. that's true. That's true. But, you know, it's not. Uh, it's the uh, the dates for Porkfest 2012 have been announced. Uh, we put them up over at freekeen.com. It's June 18th through the 24th. So if you want to reserve your campsite or hotel room now, then that would probably be a good idea. Yeah, that, we definitely want to come back uh, in 2012 and cool. set up a stand. You know, I don't know where uh, people can go to make suggestions. I would presume Porkfest.com probably has some sort of contact info. Or maybe over at the freestateproject.org uh, forums, there's, uh, I think, a Porkfest section in there, too, if I'm not mistaken. But those might be two places where you'll want to go and make a suggestion. Because I'm not in charge of Porkfest. I can't do anything for you. Uh, but uh, if you were to make a suggestion in the appropriate venues, then maybe somebody would take that pretty seriously for next year as far as having more icebreaker activities. Well, on the other hand, I don't... I don't think it would be uh, difficult to become a volunteer and be one of the people that organizes an activity. No, that's true. Yeah, that's easy. It's That's true. Although I heard that uh, the person that wants to take over the event next year doesn't want to have any volunteers. He wants to have uh, paid staff hmm. because he felt like volunteers means you don't get the, the help that you're looking for. The volunteers aren't as motivated uh, to uh, to assist, that kind of thing. But generally, if there are volunteers, writer, that is a good suggestion. Hey, thanks for the call. Glad you had a good time. Appreciate it, uh, Jake. 800-259-9231 is the number. Let's talk to Frank in New York. Frank, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Ryder and Mark. Uh, good evening, gentlemen. Hey, Frank. Yes, I'm calling because I'm uh, dismayed at the current uh, uh, foreign policy debacle in Libya. Wait a second, Frank. Weren't you supposed to be at the Pork Fest? I, you know, just you calling here reminded I me. I was. I was, but, but I had business to oh. attend to, which uh, prevented me from attending that uh, okay. uh, exciting event, which I'm hoping next year, knocking on wood, All right. that I'll be able to uh, uh, be up there next year. Was that really wood? That was really wood. Okay. <laughs> All right, so Frank, go ahead with your thoughts. Yeah, I'm just uh, appalled at the United States and NATO, uh, France and Italy, violating the territorial sovereignty of Libya and attempting to assassinate and depose Gaddafi. And the reason why I use the term assassinate is that uh, the general uh, of the Air Force and the admiral, uh, I guess a week and a half ago, addressing Congress in closed-door sessions, admitted that's really the policy of the United States. And Gaddafi has been a very good friend to the United States, Europe, 
the EU, Africa, Israel, China. And when I say Israel, I mean Gaddafi sold oil uh, with the uh, uh, Arab League's embargo after uh, the Rabat conferences in uh, 1973, 74, all the way through, uh, at virtually uh, no profit to Libya through a company in Italy. And then we had Mark Rich and the Labour and the Likud party leadership taking that oil and jacking the price up and selling it to the Israelis, you know, for six to ten times the cost. So when you begin to look at that, uh, you know, and Gaddafi represented uh, an anchor of stability in the region. And he By was stability, very good to the American power. oil companies and the multinational companies, and he really transformed Africa and Libya. And we have to remember that Libya has been under colonial rule for hundreds of years, including this is the Mussolini's same guy that's, like, invasion. like dropping firebombs on his own people, right? That's who we're talking well, about. Well, we're finding out that all of those statements are not true, and they were done by American, British, MI6, and Israelis uh, wanting to destabilize the region, but as defined is... in the Project for New American Century. So you're saying this Gaddafi guy's not some sort of madman killer. You're, you're saying Gaddafi's not a madman killer. He's uh, he's just been mislabeled. Yes, that's correct. And I think we have to realize that you know we have no direct source of information uh, in the United States with our biased media. Well, and I would agree with you that, on that what's part. interesting when you look at the supposed Arab Spring and the Arab Summer, you begin to see that the allies of the United States, Israel. Uh, and the United Kingdom are all being, those regimes are being deposed. And Thanks for the call, Frank. Always appreciate hearing from you. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. I've started playing a new online game. It's called Mine Things. It's a free online mining game created by a free stater. It's all in your browser. There's nothing weird to download. Your little mining robot guy can mine for you 24-7. You don't even need to be logged in. You compete with other players for resources in a capitalist economy. The virtually mined gold demonstrates the concept of sound money and is exchanged between players tax-free. They even accept bitcoins. Go to MineThings.com and start mining today. It's free. MineThings.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free and bring up whatever you would like. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features on the site. They're completely free. Uh, Once again, freetalklive.com. Hey, if you enjoy this program and you want to help support Free Talk Live, become an amplifier. And you can do it for as little as 3 bucks a month with any major credit card through PayPal or Visa or MasterCard right on our website at amp.freetalklive.com. That's AMP, standing for Advertise, Market, and Promote. That's amp.freetalklive.com. Go there, learn about the perks you'll get access to, like the AMP-only call-in lines, AMP-only forum, podcast, and more. It's a way for you to help Free Talk Live get into more ears around the world via the Internet, or via radio stations to help expand this program. Once again, that's amp.freetalklive.com. 
Com. As we continue here, we were talking with Frank in New York, who made quite the claim. He says that this whole Libya thing, it's all a bunch of misinformation propagated by the CIA. They wanted to pose this guy, this uh, madman, uh, Gaddafi. And he's saying that Gaddafi's not such a bad guy. It's just that they're trying to make him look bad. He's a friend of Israel, the United States, Europe, you know, whatever. He listed off all these things and, you know. Friends, funny term for a guy that uh, you know takes the natural resources of his country and uh, forcibly, you know, from the, the the people that might be have have otherwise possessed that land, and then gives them to some other nation. Well, according to Frank, it's just all been bad mouthing by the U.S. government uh, influenced media, and that uh, we really should take another look at this character. And I will agree with him that you should, you know, go beyond sort of just the cable news rhetoric out there and, and should look at other news venues. Um, there's some good ones. Uh, you know, the BBC often is good, mm-hmm. Der Spiegel is good, um, you know, I, uh, Al Jazeera. RT, you know, there's there's some places to get other news, and I think it's a good way to sort of round out your news knowledge. But um, I got an email here, an IM here from uh, one of our producers, Syphase, and he says, my cousin and her family just got out of Libya this week after being there for almost four months. And while it doesn't change my mind about NATO and U.S. involvement being wrong, she said pretty much everyone inside Libya supports the airstrikes. Which are being supposedly run against Gaddafi. Gaddafi, yeah. And, you know, I think that there there have been some funny little, uh, you know, news bits about. I think that there's a lot wrong with the, the what's going the conflict in, in Libya. I think there's a lot wrong with it. But mostly I think it's, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I think that there are lots of people in, in Libya that really would like to see this guy out of power. And the suggestion that maybe, you know, these are just, I don't know, um, you know, a few radicals or something like that, that that hope to benefit. I just don't think that's true. This guy's been in power for 40 years. You don't get you don't get that kind of power without some incredible mm. level of corruption. But, seems to me. But what's the next step? Is the goal to take him out, or is the goal to take him out and then we're there for the next five years nation building again? Do I have a goal? My goal is uh, always to use peace. My goal is the United States should say to Libya, and frankly every other country, if you can get over here inside the borders of the United States... Well, you can, you know, you can stay here. We'll you know, pitch a tent in the desert. I don't care what you do, but, uh, you know, you can, you can work here. We'll give you a working visa or whatever those things are. And, uh, I, you know, I don't think that they should get any free stuff from American citizens, but I think that they should be able to, you know, get out of that war-torn mm-hmm. country and come over here and make a better life, build a better life for them and their family. Well, that would really require compassionate people uh, acting in a governmental uh, fashion in order for that to happen. Because right now, they don't want anybody coming here. Let, yeah, let Gaddafi mine his own oil. You they, know? They basically, the, the U.S. government has the same policy that they did uh, back in the 1940s when uh, it was that ship full of uh, Jews was sent over here uh, trying to escape from Germany and uh, Hitler, and they were turned around. By the U.S. government people. Yeah, it happened. It's, it's, that's pretty much the same policy. If a shipload of Libyans came over here today, I would imagine the exact same thing. Sorry, you got to turn around. Yeah. So uh, 800-259-9231. So there you go. On one side, you've got Frank saying, oh, so Gaddafi's not such a bad guy. And then on the other side, somebody who's actually had family members in Libya for the last four months, which is pretty much the bulk of the uh, the conflict, uh, that, uh, that they, they're saying this guy's a bad guy. Yeah. I don't think you can be in power for that long and not be corrupt. Right. 
Let's continue here. Uh, 800-259-9231. So if you were tuned into the beginning of the hour, we were telling you about the continuing uh, crackdown on liberty activists that's happening post-Porkfest. There have been four arrests within the, the this entire week, the first half of this week, four arrests. One happened today in court as Jim Johnson refused to fill out a financial affidavit uh, and essentially you know testify. He shouldn't be forced to testify when you're in a court situation, but that's what they were trying to to get him to do. Testify against himself as far as bank accounts. You don't know how they're going to use this information. They say you have the right to remain silent. That seems to me is also an additional right to not fill out their forms. Absolutely. That's essentially speaking. Uh, So, yeah. Now, if what they were saying is if you don't fill out this form, you're going to have to pay your fine in days in jail. They they, never said that. They didn't say that. No, I mean. They said if you don't fill out the form, I'm going to charge you with contempt and yep. you'll be held indefinitely that's what was said so and then he said you'll also be held until the fine is paid but he didn't say that the days in jail would count toward the fine i'm hoping that they will i'm hoping that after six days or whatever that they'll just cut him loose and say okay fines paid that's it you don't have to fill out the form now it's over but they didn't make it very clear and after the uh after jim was arrested then this is what happened in the courtroom so you're putting a man in jail because he won't fill out a piece of paper? Is that right? Yeah. Well, this is a real proud day for you guys. Is this what you signed up for, John Webb? Leave the courtroom. Leave the courtroom. I can't do you're that. Right. It's a public place. Get out of the courtroom. Now, this little tyrant has been uh, bossing me around as much as he could possibly get away with. Uh, this man, uh, this the, the guy that you're hearing saying, leave the courtroom, uh, is basically telling me, the man with a video camera, who's put in a notice at the yeah. court saying, I'm here to record this public hearing. There's no judge in this room. The judge has not ordered you to, to leave the courtroom. He has you're, not. You're not being disorderly because there's no or, there's, there is no rule of order at this point. Correct. This man just wants to boss me around. Yeah. And he's like 105, right? Like he's if, an old guy. if you chose to do it, I mean, the, the, and he's, he's like five foot two. Yeah, and about 105 and, pounds as well. Right. He's, he's 105 years old. He's, uh, you know, soaking wet, 130 pounds. You know, you, if you, if you pushed back against him, he'd trip, fall, and break a hip. I mean, this is yeah. this is what uh, you know. I mean, he needs a shot of vitamin B12 so bad. I mean, he's such a cranky old geezer. Yes, and he and I have had uh, conflicts before, and he likes to wield as much power. He's your typical uh, power-hungry bureaucrat. I mean, this guy likes to wield as much control over people as he possibly can. So uh, in, the, in the beginning of the video, by the way, which part I didn't play for you, you can see the whole thing over at freekeen.com, but they attempt to uh, get people to stand up for the man in the robe. It's typical where yeah. you know they the man in the robe will walk in. Stand up! Someone, I, right. I said, stand up! <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna throw all of you in jail. <laughs> well, they didn't stand up. There was a whole audience, uh, you know, probably about yeah, it was 10 hilarious. People. I mean, there, there's two guys in jackets just trying to get you guys to do something. They're trying to be as intimidating as they possibly could. And th- there was one lady that did take her child out because she was probably didn't want to, you know, to get arrested or have her t- kid taken from her. But otherwise, the other activists just remain seated, even though these men were threatening them and saying, you know, you better get up or else you need to respect the court rules or else. And so then they focus on me again because, well, you know, I'm and out you were on bail. standing, by the way. I was standing, but only because I was operating the camera. Right. I'm just making uh, the point. I was... I am out on bail, okay? I'm out on three bails right now. I was arrested four times last year, and I'm out on three bails. Uh, 
any, all for civil disobedience. It's not hard for me to violate these bail conditions. If I'm arrested for anything at all, pretty much, I'm violating the bail conditions. I'll be charged with contempt of court again. I've already got one contempt of court charge for violating bail conditions last year when I was arrested back then. So, to some extent, I feel like I'm hobbled by this. I feel like I can't do as much as I would like to. Uh, by because of this, so I, there are certain times when I will bow down and uh, you know be their bitch because I'm I'm not willing to go. I mean, I'm not trying to go to jail. It would be easy for me to, uh, to you know to push things a little further in some instances, but in this instance, I was surprised that I wasn't actually arrested. I mean, because I was not doing what they told me to do. Not even close in any speedy amount of time or in any complete fashion. And, but I don't think these bailiffs can actually do anything to you until the judge says that, like, their their only power, they are simply arms or hands or handcuffs or, you know, a bludgeon for the judge. I don't know if these bailiffs have any power of their own. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not sure either. I'm not sure one. either. I mean, you know, the, but the evidence here is, is I mean, you <laughs> pushed right past this guy and went back in the courtroom. Toll-free number here, 800-259-9231. At this point in the video, I haven't left the courtroom yet. Uh, but I'll it's play, a teaser. Right. I'll play some more of the audio here in uh, in a moment. 800-259-9231. You can see the video yourself over at freekeen.com, uh, as well as videos of the uh, the last several last couple of arrests that happened over the last few days. More coming up. Hour 2 is next. It's Free Talk Live. Bring up anything. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area? Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. Or visit porcupinerealtor.com. That's porcupinerealtor.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in via the toll-free number, which is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features free, so enjoy those on us. Once again, freetalklive.com. Joining you this evening, it's Ian. Ryder. And Mark. All right, 800-259-9231. So I was in court today again. I've uh, been in court every single day thus far this week because a number of activists have been in court and there have been a number of arrests over the past few days. We've talked about them in quite a bit of detail uh, over the last few days. But there's been another arrest as of today, Jim Johnson being arrested for refusing to fill out a court uh, piece of paperwork. They, they gave this financial affidavit because he's not paying their fine uh, with the intention of trying to ascertain what his finances are so they can figure out whether or not he can pay it. Because they figure, well, if you've got money, then you need to go ahead and pay the fine as opposed to just sending somebody to jail, which is what Jim would probably prefer to do because he doesn't want to give them any of his money. And I don't blame him. I don't want to give them any of my money either. I already give them enough through property taxes. The last thing I need to do is give even uh, give them even more 
through you know whatever fines they are, are attempting to impose. So because he wouldn't fill out their form, the man in the robe charged him with contempt, which is a, not a real charge. It's like a power that a judge has. They uh, can just shazam, hit you with contempt for whatever reason they damn well please for the most part, and uh, then they'll put you in jail for as long as whatever arbitrary number is they decide to put you in to uh, to a jail cell for contempt. It can be uh, six months. It can be more than that. It can be five days. So it's right. just and, all up in the air. And the strange thing about this is he's, you know, this contempt is based on the fact that he wouldn't fill out a form. A form, obviously, by its nature, contains information. You don't know how the state is going to use information, so filling out their forms is testifying against yourself. And so this judge gave him a, uh, a, a this contempt charge in uh, counter to the Fifth Amendment. It's It's very weird yep so then after they began arresting him and the man in the robe left the courtroom i called the agents out for the horrible inhumane things that they're doing to people and asked them if they were proud of what they've done and that's when a little man who uh, is named uh, let's see i forget what his name is but anyway tebow a uh, little man named Tebow, who's got a real attitude, uh, he's one of the court security officers, came up and started barking at me to get out of the courtroom. Now, I was there with a video camera. I, I put filed in, a motion. I put in a notice. I don't file motions. I uh, right. file notices. In fact, Mark, when they uh, when I went and I asked them for a piece of paper, because normally I just handwrite my notice up there at the, the desk, uh, the, the clerk's office, I asked them for a piece of paper. I didn't ask them for a, a form. I said, I need a piece of paper. And then the woman hands me a, a motion form specifically for video cameras with like 10 different points as far as what you agree to you agree to do whatever court security says you agree to do you know stay in one place you agree to this and that and this and that and uh, so on and so forth and i put a big x through the front of it (laughs) turned it over uh turned it over and wrote my own notice uh on the back and signed that so that's what i turned in and i was still allowed to video record okay god so just because they give you a form doesn't mean you have to fill it out (laughs) Just because they say you have to file a motion doesn't mean you actually have to file a motion. I wonder if any of the people at the uh, the court offices find this crap as amusing as I do because I just think it's hilarious. Yeah, I don't <laughs> take them think, seriously. They must think these people are insane. So back to the courtroom where Jim Johnson is being arrested. Is this what you signed up for, John Webb? Leave the courtroom. Leave the courtroom. I can't do You're that. Right it's here. a public place. Get out of the courtroom. Get out you have no room. authority to order me around, Get sir. Get out of the courtroom. I'm going Get out. to continue filming this out public. Of the room right now. Get your He's hands pushing. off. He's pushing you. No, he actually grabs me by the below my wrist on my arm, uh, and lower arm, grabs me and attempts to push me. Uh, so he grabs and pushes me, attempting to remove me uh, from the courtroom. And you know, then he lets me go, and I ask him, you know, what, what what are you doing? Clearly, that's an assault, but I highly doubt anybody's going to arrest this man for it. No. If I went up to a police officer and grabbed him on the wrist like that. What do you think would happen to me? Well, obviously, you'd be in jail in very short order, probably with a broken arm. Right. They'd do a takedown move on me or something like that. Yeah. And if you did a takedown move on this guy, it would be assault. Yeah. I mean, you could do one of these Aikido moves where you don't actually grab the guy. You just move your arms Mm -hmm. around, and it might break his arm or or flip him or something like that. And they would still call it an assault. He would be held on to you. A felony. You would never hold on to him, but they'd call it an assault. Look, I just move my arms around. Mm -hmm. Now, there's other security officers here. 
here. Do you know if this guy happens to be uh, b- above or below them, or are they all coworkers? I'm not clear on the rankings, so okay. that's a, that is a good question. This guy certainly does like to pick on me uh, because I'm the guy with the video camera, so you know I stand out like a sore thumb. And he loves to have me uh, like sit down. He doesn't he doesn't like it that I stand at the uh, the camera. And and the judge what? backs him up on this. So the man in the robe did ask me at one point in this video to to you know go ahead and sit down. So the idea is you just have to have the camera there pointing in one direction the whole time. That doesn't that doesn't make any sense to me. You should no, be allowed to operate the camera. You operate cameras, sure. Well, that's a great that's a great thing, Nick. I agree with you. Um, but I'm not in the position right now due to the fact that I'm out on three bails. I'm to not. Where, I'm not know, saying that you not you willing are, to make a stand but. on that particular issue. But uh, the, things are different between courtrooms. So, like in in district court, I am able to operate the camera. I stay behind it and I operate the camera the entire time at district court. Nobody says boo to me about that. And uh, but in this court, they don't like that to happen. Whereas in district court, they don't like hats. But in this court, they've allowed hats. So it's just it's all completely arbitrary. All of it. It's close. Anyway, so this man's attempting to uh, physically remove me from the uh, the courtroom, and I'm telling him, "Yeah, I'm not going to go." And then I say, "Then I say, okay, I'm going to leave now because that was the time at which they'd actually taken Jim Johnson out of the courtroom." So at that point, I was done. And I then decide to go ahead and leave. Who do you think you are? You're not following the rules of the courtroom. There are no rules in this courtroom right now. It's a public space. That man is out of the room. Get out of the courtroom. I will leave now because the hearing is over. You want to be arrested too? Get out. And that's him threatening the other people uh, in the courtroom uh, with arrest if they don't leave. But it's a completely empty threat. People are just walking in and out past him. I mean, he's just he's just a guy in sort of a vestibule between two doors. Going, right. He had <laughs> he hadn't addressed I mean, any of those other people. He'd only addressed you, and then all of a sudden, out of the blue, he says, "Oh, you guys all want to be arrested too? Yeah. You can get out. Get out. You <laughs> get out." So I'm slowly, I'm pulling a Dave Ridley here where I'm slowly backing out through <laughs> through the doors while still kind of facing into uh, the courtroom. Out of the courtroom. Out of both doors. Come on, man. Get out. Right now. And stay out. Get out right now and stay out. Now. Old grumper puss. I'd have been happy to stay out if they hadn't have brought Jim Johnson right back in the room as soon as I left. So as I'm standing here, the doors are still open. I'm still able to look into the courtroom to see what's going on. And Jim Johnson is being brought right back in. So they had taken him out, which is why I left in the first place. And then they begin bringing him back in. You're a real friendly guy. Is, is this man threatening you? Yes, he is. Threatening me with arrest. The rules of the court. You don't well, follow the rules of the court. Sir, I'm out. trying to walk You don't get to door. make the rules up, dude. There's no here. What are the rules of the court? There's no here. Huh? What are the rules? I'm getting a little upset here. Why don't you explain them to me? What are the rules? Huh? What rules not being followed? Well, you have a valid point, even though you are getting upset. He hasn't pointed out which rule you broke. Right. You said something in the back. The judge wasn't on the bench. There was no uh, expectation that people should be silent. Right. There, There isn't. I mean, you know, you don't have to sit. It's not a library. You, know, you don't have to sit there quietly. It's one thing while they're conducting their quote-unquote business. business. Um, but they're not. I mean, you know, the judge has left the room. The guy in the uh, black muumuu has uh, departed the room, has swished out in a flurry of uh, black velvet. And, uh, you know, now they're like, shut up. You shouldn't be able to talk when we're we're arresting people. So he tells me to get out and stay out. Then I notice that uh, Jim Johnson is being led back into the courtroom. So while I was outside for maybe about five seconds. Yeah, about five seconds. They're bringing him back in now. Really? Yeah. I just walked right on back in. 
open up the doors, go set my tripod up, and pick up the remainder of the hearing, which I presume was the right of allocution hearing or whatever, where after a contempt of court charge, they give the uh, defendant the ability to say something before he's thrown in the cage. And it was after that. You have a chance to beg. You can beg your way out of the cage. Now's your chance. So more uh, went down after Jim Johnson was then uh, taken out of the courtroom where the men attempted to, uh, you know, they attempted to intimidate the audience further uh, and threaten and just be generally awful. You can see the video for yourself over at freekeen.com. Jim Johnson is now in jail and uh, hopefully we have no idea when he's going to get out. It may be as soon as a few days if the if he's trying to if they're trying to pay off the fine at 50 bucks a day. But then again, it's an indefinite sentence. So We'll let you know as we learn more. Of course, details will be up at freekeen.com as we get them. More coming up here. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. You know the U.S. dollar is devaluing. You can see it happening every day. You know a new currency will take over at some point. Wouldn't you like to be in on the ground floor? Bitcoins. They're a decentralized, anonymous internet currency. They're free to use, free to accept, and free from inflation forever. You can use them anywhere in the world, and their value seems only to be increasing. Find out more at weusecoins.org. Don't be kicking yourself in the pants in a month. Your dollars are going down. Bitcoins are going up. Weusecoins.org. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. We give you the features free, so enjoy those on us. Once again, freetalklive.com. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. Ryder. And Mark. All right. Uh, By the way, speaking of those features, uh, they include the Shrine of Female listeners with dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video showing that they're listeners of this program. Shrine.freetalklive.com will get you there. The Ruger Gunsight Scout Rifle is an affordable, versatile, and reliable rifle. It'll deliver 10 rounds of 308 Winchester performance in a variety of situations. It's compact, lightweight, and accommodates a host of optics. It's a serious rifle for those serious about rifles. The perfect do-it-all bolt-action rifle where rugged, reliable Ruger meets the practical tactical. The Ruger Gunsight Scout Rifle, the one rifle you have to have. If you can have only one, you can see it at Ruger.com, R-U-G-E-R dot C-O-M. And you can get it at your local gun dealer, Ruger.com. All right, so we continue with you and your phone calls, but the courtroom shenanigans weren't just happening here in Keene, New Hampshire today. They were also happening in Orange County, Florida, in Orlando, at the trial of uh, an activist for recording the police down there. Uh, This isn't the only place where they're arresting people for recording the cops. That's happening nationwide, and we'll uh, clue you in as to what went down there in just a moment. But first, we go to you and your thoughts. Joe is listening to WAIS in Athens, Ohio. Hello, Joe. Good evening, gentlemen. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Hey, I, I appreciate all the work you're doing, uh, but you got to think globally and act locally. And it sounds like you guys are doing a lot of local activism stuff uh, with the courts there. Yes, sir. And uh, and getting some bruises for it, it sounds like. Um, no, and you need to hang in there. Although, uh, my rap on the law is I respect the law. I don't like it. I don't agree with it. But just like I respect a crazy dog, I respect anything that can bite me in the butt. You know what I mean? I understand. Fear, though, isn't one, it? Of, one of the things that bothers me about this line of thinking, and I agree with you. I mean, like, it, you know, you stand in the way of uh, these bureaucrats doing what they think is their interpretation of what is right, um, what is written down on paper. You take away 
uh, and, and you just assume that they are going to you know, do whatever it is that they're, they're told. You take away their power to make decisions. And the Nuremberg trials sort of showed that it, you know, it's not just, I'm doing my duty. You know, that that's not an acceptable answer. That, you are a human be- that they are human beings. They're responsible for their actions. And so, I, you know, I, for, on one hand, I get it. I know what, what's going to happen when I you know, don't take my hat off or don't stand up for the judge or whatever. But on the other hand, these guys are responsible for their actions. Wouldn't you agree? I would, and not only do I agree, that, you know, yeah, they should be responsible for their actions. But I would like to hope that some of those guys, and, and the court is not, it, it is a church. They wear vestments. You call them moo-moos or the guy in the black robe. And it's a whole religious ritual mm-hmm. where they're paying homage to the law, not to the truth, and not to what I respect, which is the Constitution. No, there's no doubt that you're right about that. I mean, they, it's a bizarre thing, too, I mean, because the guy talks about himself in the third person. The court shall oh. this. The court thinks this. The court says this. Yeah, it's really weird stuff. It's bizarre. Because I've been hearing you guys talk about this for a while now, and what I would encourage you to do, though, is try to reach out to the quote-unquote court, to the judges or the bailiffs, and sit down with them and say, you know, here's the Constitution, here's the law of the land. I've attempted to... Uh, oh, they'll throw you out. It, it, <laughs> Every no, time you talk about the Constitution with these people, they will shut you right up within five seconds. But wait a minute, you're talking about outside of court, right? You're talking about sit down with them as, as not the court, yeah. but as a human being? Probably reach out to them and say, okay... We don't want to make trouble, but we want to exercise our constitutional rights. But just a point of clarification, you're talking about to do that outside of the courtroom, correct? Right. Okay, I've that, actually attempted this. This is, I think it's a good idea. I've attempted it. I've actually approached uh, the man who wears the robe uh, on a personal basis, and I've uh, invited him out to lunch. He said yes, and this was approximately three years ago when uh, he said yes. He said that he would do it after all the cases uh, the cases that I was involved in at the time had been closed. I reapproached him after that point in time passed, which was like a year later, and he then dodged it by saying that I needed to schedule it with his uh, clerk of court, and there was some other excuse as to why it couldn't happen. I think the excuse is even though a lot of your cases are now in superior court, there's the chance that they get bounced back to district court for That's some That's the most reason. recent excuse, correct. I did uh, check back with him more recently, and he said that, well, you know, even though you don't have any cases with me, uh, that you still have open cases in the system, and it could be remanded to district court, and so therefore it would be inappropriate to do that at this time. So, therefore, I have been unsuccessful at this particular approach. Another individual, Ademo Freeman from LibertyOnTour.com, attempted to approach the same man uh, in public uh, yesterday morning as he attempted to in, kind of talk to him for a little bit while he was walking from his car into the office, into the court. And uh, that was when he was arrested on felony charges of improper influence. So, yeah, it's, not, it's not really easy to talk to these guys. It is not. And you've got to jump through their hoops. But it's worth a try, because I'd like to believe that at least some of them, my experience locally anyway, is that the judges are judges, but they're fair, and they actually are putting out some uh, progressive rulings questioning, uh, you know, breathalyzers and, you know, the validity of those, because they haven't been retested since 1987 or something. But hey, let me talk about Libya real quick. You guys got to think globally. You want to have a national radio show, you got you to gotta look at the big picture. What's that mean? Thanks for the coaching there, program director. Well, I'm taking, uh, taking control of the airwaves. It's, uh, what does it's that a mean? Tell me, what, you, tell me what, what you're talking about. I, I would encourage you to check out uh, the Project for a New American Century. This, I'm bringing up stuff an earlier caller brought up. The Project for a New American Century is a white paper from the Council on Foreign Relations 
I would encourage anybody to check out former uh, Congresswoman Cynthia McKinney, as well as uh, uh, investigative journalist Jerome, Dr. Jerome Corsi, have been in Libya and reporting on the fiasco that's going on. You know, we're, we're carpet bombing a city of two million people, and they're still going to school. And, you know, I don't know that I agree with, uh, you said you got an email that somebody said, oh, everybody's for the NATO bombing. Well, you know, I don't like Gaddafi either. I mean, he's obviously what I would call a benevolent dictator. But let's talk about Libya. They have the highest standard of living, the highest per capita income of any nation in Africa. Okay? He was trying to organize the Africans. He was taking, you know, you say taking the national wealth, the oil, and they have gold there too, and he was using it to build schools and to help his people. They were, you know, they were importing labor from other African countries. Do you think government all, schools help people? I, I, think edu- I think knowing how to read and how to use a computer helps people. So, that's, so it's okay I, to steal money from people to do that? Steal their things? People, is it stealing if you're taking a national resource and spending it on the people? A national that's resource? A national resource. What's a nation? Uh, it's a big piece of land where everybody gets together and says, "Hey, let's, do you think let's everybody in Libya? Libya hold on, wait, 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 wait. Did everybody in Libya get together and say, "Hey, hey, what? Well, the well, way, hey, what? The I mean, they didn't get together and say now, anything. But... Some dude took over the government and actually two la- two countries, I believe, uh, um, and you know, used the force of violence. Everybody so, didn't get together and say, "Hey, crap." So Joe, everybody it's... got together and say, "Whoa, don't shoot me." So, Joe, in your mind, well, it's all right to go ahead and, and be a dictator. Absolutely, it's, that's what's going on here. It's, so it's okay to be a dictator as long as you build a school or two, is what you're saying? It, it, well, there's such a thing as a benevolent dictator. Well, you get, I, you get, benevolent is a, a subjective term that you're labeling. Dictator's a dictator. Thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of these airwaves. Bring up anything you want. Uh, the latest on the Orlando situation in moments. It's Free Talk Live. Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, fish finders, and boating equipment from manufacturers like Aimpoint, Bushnell, Otterbox, Crimson Trace, K-Bar, Remington, Streamlight, Winchester, and more. ManVentureOutpost.com. Family owned and members of the Better Business Bureau. Prices so low, some can't be advertised. Get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features there for free. One of the things we can do is actually accept donations in bitcoins now, contributions to uh, Free Talk Live. Go to Bitcoin dot freetalklive.com to learn more about that if you don't know what the bitcoin is mark will tell you a little bit more yeah the bitcoin, the bitcoin if you're if you're tired of watching the dollar plummet and you're tired of banks charging you fees and you want to take back control of your own money you should take a look at bitcoin bitcoin's the world's first decentralized anonymous internet currency and it's gaining popularity every day it's free to use free to accept and free from inflation forever you can use bitcoins anywhere in the world, online or off, and their value has been trending upward uh, with over time. It's I just saw them 
I just saw them today at like 16 something, just a little under $17. I remember when they were less than a dollar a piece. It was just a couple of months, few months ago. Learn more. Visit weusecoins.org. Weusecoins.org. We continue here with you and your thoughts here. We go to you and your phone calls now with Lee in Georgia. Lee, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Ryder and Mark. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Hey, Lee, what's on your mind tonight? Well, I should say evening. I didn't realize it was 8.34. Well, it depends on what your time zone is. So the West Coast is still uh, the afternoon. Go ahead with your thoughts. Um, well, I, I tell you right off the bat, I'm relatively new to LRN. I just turned my back on RBN uh, because I have a problem with national socialism. And, well, you know, when you bring a host on board who promotes socialist agendas, I got a problem. Yeah, I heard you. You're referring to some Internet-based uh, networks. Uh, Free Talk Live appears on LRN.fm online. Right, and that's how I learned about you guys was through LRN. And oh, what excellent. drew me to LRN, I'll be honest with you, was Ernest Hancock because he left RBN. Ah. He does a great show. Yeah, Ernie's a great guy. In fact, he was just up here in New Hampshire visiting us uh, during the Porcupine Freedom Festival. I think just headed back uh, today, as a matter of fact. I was listening to him today. I, I love Ernie. I've been listening to Ernie for some time, but you know, I just got done watching that video of the courtroom there, and I, I tell you, you're better man than I am, brother, because you know I was actually in jail in a jail cell when the cop put his hands on me aggressively, and it turned out to be a very bad scene for him. So you handled that much better than I would have. But you know, I'm thinking about the gentleman who got actually was jailed because he wouldn't fill out a piece of paper. That is insane. But I noticed he said he actually told the judge he couldn't pay it. And apparently this piece of paper that he wanted to fill out was so that they could determine whether or not he was able to pay the fine. Well, there's an individual, and uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but he's involved in a case right now. I believe it's South Carolina. could be North Carolina, but I'm thinking South Carolina. His name is Rod R.O.D. Class, just like you're sitting in a class. Rod Class, and you can... Locate him at rodclassteam.com, and he will, you know, he does interviews, radio interviews, and he's using the bankruptcy argument, and he is really just giving the courts hell. What is, now, when I you say the bankruptcy you, argument, what do, you, what do you mean? Um, It's really hard for me to explain it, but... Uh, when we start talking about fines and things, uh, I've been involved in this kind of stuff for over two decades. And one of the things we have to understand is that if you look at our judicial system as it was intended, the only way you could pay fines and things like that to the court would be in lawful money, gold and silver. Okay. As of the bankruptcy filed in 1930-what? 33, I think it was, right? Right. Uh, there's been, there is no lawful money, which means you really, lawfully, you can't pay any fines. And if you pay it with this paper fiat currency, well, you're committing a felony. It's a major no-no on a federal level. Have they ever charged so, anyone for that felony? Uh, well, I don't know if you could or not, but, okay. you know... Uh, that goes into a whole other discussion. So what is what, this guy saying? I mean, he's saying, okay, the federal government's bankrupt. Uh, the, the terms of the bankruptcy meant that uh, that somehow changed what is considered lawful money. I, I'm a little confused. Right. The argument that he's using is basically, uh, let's take, for example, uh, you 
this is a traffic violation, just for example. Okay, you have a traffic violation, uh, and the argument basically would be, well, um, since when you register your vehicle, okay, you're given a title, a certificate of title, which basically is a certificate that says there's a title exists. Mm -hmm. What you're doing in actuality, and I know a lot of people don't understand this, is you're actually signing over possession of the vehicle to the state. So now it becomes property of the state. And it's under bankruptcy that this takes place. So what you're doing basically in a case like this is you're saying, I'm bankrupt. You've caused me because of my status. And it, this gets pretty complicated. Ron can explain this a lot better than I, than I can. You can actually turn this on the court using a bankruptcy argument and put all of the responsibility on the court. Well, the court's only going to do one of two things. In the end, it only has one of two options. Either one, it has to just completely let this whole thing go, or it has to assume the, assume the responsibility the debt. Well, the other option is they'll put you in a cage uh, because they don't like you. Uh, look, you know, it's interesting, the theory that you're talking about here, and I'm, I'm familiar with some of it, uh, basically, but I also am one of the, my big critiques of these people, these gurus, uh, and you mentioned this gentleman, Rod Class. I, I've not heard of him before, but again, they're, you know, they're so you're lumping everybody there. together when you say this. The gurus, right. Well, um, all their websites look the same. Oh, well, I'll same stop. Colorful. I'll, I'll stop lumping them together as soon as one of them can show me proof of concept where, you know, I want to see a video where this guy beats, uh, beats a charge using this particular technique. Does that exist? Well, right now, he's actually got the court tied up. They're on a, they, they're at the, he's got them at the point now where they have 90 days to make a ruling in this case. And if they can't do it in 90 days, basically, it's like saying, okay, Nothing we the court can do, you win. 90 days according to who? According to the court. So the court has 90 days days. to do something according to themselves? Under their courtroom procedures and courtroom procedures and and, and all of this, they have now, uh, the court is taking 90 days. Now, we've seen situations uh, here in Keene where the court allegedly has a certain number of days to do something, and they'll blow way beyond those deadlines, and there's no way that they can be held accountable for this. Well, hey, I'm just trying to help you out by pointing you in the direction of someone who is actually engaged in this battle right now. Dude, I got you. I understand that you believe this uh, this gentleman and that uh, that he's offering something that's valid. But, all I'm asking for is, is proof of concept. Right, and one that's of the all. dangerous things about this is Ian has tried a few of these tricks in court, and you know different different tricks from different gurus. And you can imagine what it's like getting burned in this situation where Ian ends up in, with 90 days in jail and can't do his uh, nationally syndicated radio talk show and he's separated from his girlfriend and things like that i mean you know it's 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 all fun and games until your butt's in uh, jail eating bologna sandwiches right so you personally lee don't yet have experience doing this correct personal experience oh well let me see i have been playing this game for almost 20 years and they still have yet to throw me in jail the first time well, that's that's a pretty good claim. Well, what about uh, the claim of the guy who put the, the police officer put his hands on you in in jail didn't you just say that this was, I'm, all, I'm like 50-ish. Okay, so that was prior to that. that yeah, when I didn't gotcha. know what was going on. Okay. All right, so, so then in that case, I think that's a, you know, that's, a, that's a pretty big claim. So do you have documentation, uh, video preferably, to back this up, showing you in court, backing down these bureaucrats and telling them what's for? 
No, because I don't go into court. You don't even go into court. You just file no. a bunch of paperwork. No. How do you get there? How do you how do you avoid court if you if you're you know me alone? Hmm? The cops leave me alone. They don't bother me. Okay, well that's pretty fortunate. And how how did you manage to make that happen? A lifetime of establishing myself in this community and making okay. it aware to them that I understand the difference between being an original class citizen and a Fourteenth Amendment citizen. I understand contractual law. I understand constitutional law. Cool. Well, I, I hope that there's something that you could put together maybe and then let us know when it's out there to where other listeners could go to learn how you've done what you've done. If you hound the police with enough law. nonsense, they also don't want to deal with you. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Boost Kit Essentials Nutritionally Complete Drink. Providing your picky eater with essential nutrition and great taste in one drink. Visit us at kitessentials.com. To make sure your kids eat healthy, follow the five-a-day plan. Serve three servings of vegetables and two servings of fruit daily. Remember, a serving could just mean a piece of fruit or a half cup of veggies. If your kids are picky eaters, ask a nutritionist about other sources. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. This is Free Talk Live, and you can dial in toll-free. Bring up what you want at 800-259-9231. The number is brought to you by SACL CAI, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features there for free. If you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, shop with us. Head over to shop.freetalklive.com. Enter the Amazon links that you'll find there for the appropriate country in which you live, and then take care of whatever it is you need to get. Just load up your shopping cart with whatever it is that uh, you need to buy, whether it's something you need or something you want. You'll find that Amazon likely carries what you're looking for with dozens of categories, thousands of brands and products and all kinds of stuff. Great uh, free Super Saver shipping deals as well on a lot of their brand new items. Plus, you can buy used if you want to save a few extra bucks. Just start your shopping through shop.freetalklive.com. You'll get the same great Amazon deals you're used to. It's just that when you enter through our links... Free Talk Live gets a cut of Amazon's profits. That's all. So start your shopping at shop.freetalklive.com as we continue here. Just real brief uh, before we go on with your your calls. Uh, Lee was on the line a few moments ago, and he's uh, he's somebody who has a real strong claim that he's making. He says the cops leave him alone because they know that he understands, you know, the Constitution and the, you know this and that and certain legal strategies, I guess you could say. That uh, some would purport uh, to sell, uh, for instance. Now, I'm looking on this guy's website, and I don't see any real obvious uh, buy my class uh, link or buy my CV. He does say he has seminars here and gives testimonials. That says to me... Uh, that uh, the seminars cost money. But oh, well, I- likely a seminar. I mean, then you're paying him to come somewhere and sure. fly somewhere and all that. Um, so uh, there are a lot of people out there that will pitch these ideas to you that well, they know the secret to escaping from the system, and all you have to do is just follow their instructions to the T, and everything will be fine. But whenever somebody tries these things, and inevitably they don't work, uh, then there's always some excuse. It's that, well, you didn't follow the instructions to the T. You forgot to cross that T, and you forgot to dot, dot that I. You uttered the wrong magic phrase, and so therefore you need to study harder mm-hmm. and uh, and get it right next time. Uh, because the gurus, you know, they claim success, they claim they're being left alone, 
but they also have very very little to uh to, to show you know as far as actual tangible something that you can really wrap would, your mind it around it would be really nice to see these guys walk in stand on the uh the outward side of the uh, the rail which they claim is the land versus the uh the ship which is the court and then uh, you know bellow whatever it is that they bellow their 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 words their phrases mm-hmm. over the the uh the rail to the the guy and the the the, the black muumuu there there was one video like that there was a guy in Canada that did that with the whole uh, Freeman thing up in uh, Canada the Freeman on the land thing. Yep. And you interviewed and him. I mean, he no, made it. Not that I did. We didn't, I don't think we interviewed. Oh, that I guy. thought it was the, the other guy. From uh, we Street. interviewed Robert Menard, who's from ThinkFree.ca. But this yeah. is one of the guys who was inspired by Robert Menard. Okay. And he does successfully back down some bailiffs in a courtroom. And just the bailiffs, judge, not a judge. And the judge is in there, and the judge gets up and leaves in a huff. But that wasn't the end of the story, from what I understand. There was, you know, something issued after the fact. And th- that wasn't the end of the you know the whole court drama, if okay. you will. There was more that would have come after that, and no one's heard an update on that particular right. case. Just because somebody walks out of a courtroom doesn't mean he has walked out of the courtroom uh, winner. The judge will right. come back in there and say, well, he's gone, uh, failure to appear now. Uh, bench warrant. Yeah, yeah, it'd be really cool to have just sort of a, an online documentary, and this would be a really great way to sell whosoever seminar would would put this together. Well, yeah, I mean, would if be you able could to prove it to then. show. I mean, it's not that hard to get the, uh, the 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 laser beam of the state pointed at your forehead. Is all you have to do is drive ar- around without license plates, or uh, mm-hmm. drive around without a, a driver's license for a period of time, or you know whatever. That you you can get these charges, and then so that's relatively easy. Putting courts uh, cameras in courtrooms, we've been able to do that right. here in Keene. That's relatively easy. Or put a camera in your car. I mean, you can load up over at freedomcam.net, get yep. uh, one of their cams, lock it into your dashboard, and then you can record the your yep. uh, entire automotive yep. experience. If it's true that you can back down the cops just right. by you know throwing i'm some... a free man on the land right. i have uh you know I, i'm a i'm a citizen of uh, one of the several states and blah 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 and you know the the suggestion that cops will just not give you a ticket or whatever i think that that's very interesting but i've talked to a lot of cops and no one seems to have any idea what this is i mean people that i believe when they say oh yeah that's just nuts well this caller said that he had been playing this game for 25 years and hadn't been thrown in jail. We asked him how. He said, well, they don't bother me. And so we never got the full story of what sort of town he lives in. Is he well-known by the police? Is that why they don't bother him? That's the impression I got. Do the police see him as a hassle? Because the police are out to get tickets and get money. They're not wanting to hassle the person that's going to drag it out. And that may be the reason he's not hassled. It doesn't have to be some sort of magic bullet that he knows how to get off of charges. They just don't want to mess with it. I think you're right. And and, I think that's the most likely And I likely could claim outcome. the same thing. I ran into City Hall like three weeks ago, didn't put any money in the meter. I came out, meter maid's looking at my car. Mm-hmm. I said, go ahead, give me a ticket. I didn't put any money in. She says, well, today's your lucky day. You can uh-huh. go. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because yeah, she what? knows that I'm going to take it to court because she recognizes And you're not going to pay the ticket. And and you've done – you've taken things to court like that before. I think you're absolutely right, Nick, and that's really the ultimate uh, factor here is everybody can, – you can have whatever legal theory that you want and promote whatever you want. But then the reality is it's all about numbers and non-cooperation. If enough people get together in the same place and they don't go along to get along anymore and they don't just go ahead and pony up fines and they instead take everything to trial, those bureaucrats 
bureaucrats are going to get real tired of having to come up with discovery every single time. Because if I'm if I'm going to trial, I'm asking for discovery. Sure. I want those bureaucrats to spend the time to put together every bit of evidence that they're going to introduce and send me a copy of it. To, I want them to do as much work as possible. I'm putting in motions. Uh, I'm filing that, so the bureaucrat has to respond uh, to the motion, and that takes their that takes their time as well. And of course, the the court time also takes time—the time to actually be in the trial. Right. And, so the, the five-dollar parking ticket ends up costing them five hundred dollars in court time. Correct. Uh, you know, I I had one that I got uh, the day before yesterday, and I can't take it to court because I was driving my wife's car, and so the the my wife's car was ticketed as opposed to mine. They literally did say to me that they they are charging the car though, and I said, you know, the car doesn't have a wallet, right? Was this in Keene? Yeah. Okay. So they would not allow me to uh, to take this through. I talked to the uh, meter maid lady, and she wouldn't. Uh, you know, she she wasn't going to back down off the fine. So you know, I'm I'm kind of stuck. I had something similar happen to me, Nick, uh, or Ryder, rather. I uh, was in doing research about the guy that self-immolated in front of the courthouse recently, and I don't know what I was thinking. I put like a I put like a dime in this. Uh, the parking meter thing just because i want them to leave me alone i'd rather not have to go uh to to trials since i've already got three other trials one parking ticket in concord and two other trials coming up here for misdemeanors in keen and i was in it ended up in the court for like two hours an hour and a half or more and so i was way beyond expired on the the parking meter i thought oh boy here we go again i'm gonna have to do another parking ticket trial because i've already been to trial for one parking ticket and was found not guilty um and i came out and somebody who was parked nearby me had been given a ticket, but I had not. Hmm. And my meter was expired and, yeah, and has been expired for over an hour and a half. You know, they over an know hour and our half. vehicles here. I mean, right. there's no doubt well, about mine it. Has, mine has the private plate on the front of it, yeah. which is a yellow and black custom-made uh, embossed plate that I got. I think it was licenseplates.tv. I don't even know if they're open anymore. But uh, my, my car is real obvious uh, from the front, and they certainly know which uh, which car that is. So I think they literally walked right on by my car and put a ticket on a car where they knew they'd probably get the money out of it. So I think you're right, uh, Ryder. It really has to do with non-cooperation and being a thorn in their side instead of just being someone who will just pay whatever the fines are and go along to get along. That There's no magic words that will guarantee you freedom. It's just the consistent effort. And maybe that's what he's seeing is that consistently over these years, he's seen them leave him alone as every time they've messed with him, he's made it very difficult on them. And I thank him for doing that. Right. Not that it was a specific tactic that is one versus better than another it's just that it's a frustration on their part and they don't want to deal with it right and i mean the, the, the also the supposition here is that uh you know the the politicians and the bureaucrats that uh, that that you know, do their whims are somehow constrained by the law that they themselves write. That somehow or another they haven't managed to, I, I don't know, pass a constitutional amendment that says we do whatever the flip we want. Mm-hmm. Because they do do whatever they flip they want. They pass things in the dark of night. They pass them in big uh, bills. I mean, you know, just the, the idea that somehow they're constrained by the, 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 the powerful bonds of the Constitution. Which, of course, you know, don't mean anything in everybody else's life. But if you just utter the proper phrase, the proper words, and the proper order, you can you can wrap them in the bounds of these these chains once mm-hmm. again. I, I it seems like magical thinking to me. 
No, it is a lovely fantasy story, and uh, you know, yeah, I don't think that these. I mean, I think here's the reality: works. is that these are a bunch of violent thugs, and if they are given sufficient motivation to go after your butt, they certainly will. Toll free number tonight: eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Hour three is still on the way. Still plenty of time for you and your thoughts about whatever's on your mind. Plus, the latest on the Orlando situation: one activist down there uh, faced a trial today, and it's going to go on until uh, tomorrow, apparently. Where he's being charged with a felony, possibly facing six years in prison for recording the police in public. 1-800-259-9231. We'll give you the latest on that situation here in a moment. This is Free Talk Live, Hour 3 next. The Ruger LC9. Compact, powerful, and perfect for personal protection. The LC9 is only slightly larger than the popular Ruger LCP. Features a checkered grip frame to provide a secure and comfortable grip and includes a finger grip extension floor plate. The LC9 also has a dovetailed high visibility three dot sight system, blued alloy steel barrel, manual safety, and loaded chamber indicator. The LC9, another innovative American made product from Ruger. Learn more about the Ruger LC9 at Ruger.com slash LC9. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free. Bring up anything you want at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features free as we launch here into the third hour of the program. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Ryder. And Mark. The features on the site, one of them, the main feature, actually allows you to control the content of the site. So as you find things online that you think are interesting, you think our other listeners might enjoy or you might want to hear on the air, you can submit them as show prep to the freetalklive.com website, and then other listeners get to vote as to whether or not they like or dislike what it is that you've suggested and the most liked will make it to the front page in the top of the site, meaning more people see them, we're more likely to see them and talk about them. Uh, so go and get interactive over at freetalklive.com. We're going to continue with you and your thoughts. You can bring up what you want. Paul is in Kentucky. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Paul. Mark, hi, Ian. Paul uh, from Kentucky, first-time yes, caller. Welcome. I'm Go looking ahead. here. Oh, thanks. I'm looking here at your page here. Farmers market vendors banned from slicing keys. Oh dear. In New York. Uh, it. I see that as an opportunity for an inventor to make something. You know, all they come up with with a few prototypes. Like what? For instance, to to slice the cheese without having actually touching the cheese. How does that work? Well, uh, some ideas, you can get some engineering ideas. It's called Design News. Actually, it's a website. It's for engineers, but some designers who are not entirely engineers actually use that to get ideas as far as what's happening in the engineering fields on on different areas of engineering. Okay, so Design News is a website for uh, designer types and engineers. That sounds useful for those folks, but I guess I don't understand how you cut cheese without cutting cheese. Oh, if, if the machinery would would inside you know inside whatever they would design would would uh, cut it for you according to what you would like how it would you would want to cut. Well, they okay. Well, they have these you know? machines, right? I mean, they have them in your local deli where you set the uh, the width of the the cheese. Right, but it's and... open, exposed, and air where you, you would have actually have to place. You know, it's in the wrapper, right? So it actually the machine would have to de-wrap the. 
Well, so what you're saying? Just a second. Uh, you have to excuse me. I haven't read all yeah. of the articles on our website. You yeah. understand that, right? Oh, okay. So I don't even know exactly what. What they're to, saying is it can't be in the open air. So, but this is yeah, in one flea market in New York, right? Right, it's in the green well, market vendor. Yeah. Isn't it yeah. so that a um, that generally when you bring a new product to market, especially prototypes, are much more expensive than the sort of mass-produced model? And if this is only uh, occurring in one place, then will it be of you know so, sort of financially, will it make sense for these people to pay? I don't know. I mean, to to, to get the first prototype rolled out or the first five uh, of them rolled out, it might be five hundred dollars, five hundred thousand dollars a piece. Did well, I fall asleep during the portion where why do we need a device to cut cheese yeah, or slice cheese? Yeah, I mean, you cheese? can make a virtual prototype on, on a computer first. I mean, they have simulation software programs to do that, okay. first of all, to see if it'll work. So That's yeah. good. Well, I mean, if that. that's what's if that's how somebody wants to handle this is uh, you know some sort of absurd government regulation saying you can't yeah. slice cheese in the open air at the farmers market, right. uh, then if that's that if they want to handle that by building some sort of unique one-off machine to uh, cut the cheese for them in a, some sort of closed area, that seems like a really difficult way of area, handling this. Closed. Yeah, why not just go ahead and just cut the cheese anyway and defy the law? Right, exactly. I mean, if you don't well, want to, I'm just saying there's regulations like that uh, for, let's say, environmental health issues at, at a restaurant or inside the supermarket. I said, what if someone redesigned the way this is done right now? The way what we do for process of cleaning, it's uh, then there'd be less regulations and it would change. You know, it'd be. I don't see uh, how there would be less regulations. I mean, you're talking well, about I mean, limits, avoiding I, a regulation. Yeah, you know, well, I'm just. I, like I called my um, not not the governor, um, the congressperson in my area here, and I asked, "Has there ever been some somebody invented something to where it eliminated a regulation?" I imagine no. there has. I doubt they would know the answer yeah, to that government question. Regulation, yeah. Yeah, but there are a lot of inventions that have been designed to overcome uh, laws, for sure. I mean, there are definitely right. things like that. I mean, uh, CD burners are very useful for that uh, that particular purpose. Um, but right. uh, still, I, I guess I just don't understand the 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 focus on this. Maybe you you've got the mind well, of an inventor or a tinkerer or something like well, that. I mean, Whereas yeah, I'm I'm more I'll... likely to just say, "Screw you! I'm going to cut as many uh, slices of cheese uh-huh. in this open air as I want to, and then make it so the agricultural board has to go ahead and put me in handcuffs." If they really want to, you know, take uh, yeah, take the well, issue to the to the extreme, that's true. I yeah. mean, looking at this competitive arena, also, you know, because, well, you're not going to be able to compete uh, if you have to spend a bunch of money on uh, uh, design and manufacturing of a machine when you could. Well, just I mean, simply... I'm just saying overall. For instance, there people, there's companies like IDEO. They they you know contract with large uh, companies like IBM and other companies, Nike and such, and they've Created things, so they're. I mean, just I'm just stating that. Well, I think that people, technology you know, is the greatest hope of humankind yeah. as far as throwing off tyranny. I'm, I'm certainly yeah. not going to disagree with that. I think in this instance, the mind is the best. Is the best, though. I mean, better than the technology. Actually. Well, you have to have ideas before you can realize them as technology. So clearly, the right. mind is the most important component. Right. They got mines exactly. in North Korea, and they're not going anywhere, though. 
So yeah. anyway, thanks uh, for the call. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. A little, um, hmm, I don't know what the word is I'm looking for, but uh, well, I think unusual. The, 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 the practice in this circumstance, and I don't know, but the likelihood of coming up with for this one market in upstate New York where they're hassling people about cutting cheese in the open air or whatever – um, like maybe that, maybe that's not going to work. You know, maybe it's it's not worth it for that particular situation. You got to get the right uh, producer, manufacturer of uh, I don't know, hermetically sealed boxes that contain cheese cutting devices that are remote controlled, um, hooked up with the people that would need to buy them, and they would need to be at a reasonable price. Right, and the reason for this is supposed to be cleanliness. They don't want bacteria or whatnot getting on mm-hmm. the pre cut cheese. But you sell the cheese cutting device to the cheese vendors and all of a sudden the cheese is 400 percent what it was a second ago yeah according uh, to this story here let me give you some of the details on what's going on new york daily news this is over at free uh, freetalklive.com so thanks to whoever submitted this nydailynews.com uh with the report where the state has a message for city government excuse me city green market vendors don't cut the cheese the state agricultural department is enforcing a ban on slicing cheese in the open air and shoppers have complained that the regulations means prepackaged cheese which defeats the purpose of buying fresh so these shoppers want to come to the farmer's market they want to have a, a a you know a slice of cheese or whatever a hunk of cheese chopped off a block or whatever and they want to have it done in front of them and that's something that's important to them but the regulations are now preventing that. Mia Spence, 34, was at the uh, green market on Monday. She said, it's silly. You should be able to buy exactly the amount you want. She bought two and a half pounds and one quarter pound chunks of paper wrapped cheese at Bardwell Farm Stall. It was more than she needed and she wasn't happy about it. She says, I want to be able to buy a bachelor wedge, just a little cheese for a couple sandwiches before it goes bad. Uh, according to her friend, I had this happen. You know, I buy, I, you know, I generally get cheddar cheese at our house in a sort of a block from the grocery store. We went away to Pork Fest, so you know, my my normal eating of cheese in the evening was sort of thrown off, and we threw away a half or a quarter uh, block of cheese. That's not cheap. No. Cheese is expensive. It was several uh, several dollars worth of cheese. A lot of the time, she says, I go to the uh, the superstore and they slice me less than a quarter pound. A state regulation on the book since the 1970s requires what's called an Article 20C license to slice cheese for commercial sale. That's got to be important, right? And it applies to green market vendors, according to the department's spokes bureaucrat. She said that vendors can obtain the license only if they slice the cheese in a permanent building that excludes pests such as flies and has hot and cold running water in a three-compartment sink. This is all what is necessary in order to to slice cheese. You have to have a three-compartment sink in order to slice cheese i'm wondering do you think that the uh department of agriculture is going to start sending their bureaucrats into local parks to inspect your picnics uh to ensure that you haven't sliced some cheese out in a place where a fly could possibly land on it i mean who's ever been to a picnic before where flies haven't been around well it says for commercial sale here so probably not no that's but true the point stands right the point being that the idea is to protect people from these horrible flies that are going to come and lay their lay their eggs or poop on your cheese or whatever. And fact is, they can do that any old time they want to. More coming up here if you're going to eat outside. It's Free Talk Live. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? 
Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world-famous Super Tuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. Get your Super Tuck at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Again, that's CrossbreedHolsters.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want at 800-259-9231. Maybe you're somebody who thinks that there should be regulation against cutting cheese at a farmer's market uh, in the outdoors where all kinds of bugs can be around. Sure. I think that people could buy. People could eat all kinds of things that might be bad for them. But mm-hmm. you really have to ask yourself, you know, like, what, what's the role of government in this? Uh, you know, I've, uh, I, I know a friend of mine who uh, goes out and picks dandelion leaves and eats them right there in the grass where... Without washing them. All kinds right? of things could poop on them and Seems stuff. like if you're looking for something highly regulated as far as food goes, you're going to go to the grocery store. Yes. The farmer's market is, has that feel of it's a community thing where yep. we're not going to that, that overregulate no it. feel. Right. Yeah, I mean, you know... I, <laughs> it came from the farm. It's just from the farm to the market, you buy it, right? Indeed. And farms have been the place where, you know, trichidosis starts for, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of years. Because there's never been a fly that's been in a grocery store before. I mean, come on! Well, I think the grocery stores do offer, uh, you know, sort of a higher level of sort of sanitation for people. But Unless I don't you've think got the guy in the meat department peeing all over the floor or something like that. Right. Well, it could happen. But I think that it gives a perception and, and perhaps, I think, a truth of a higher level of sanitation. But maybe that's not what I want. Maybe what I want is, you know, more community participation. I want my dollars to go to local farms. I want that feel. Whatever it is, as a consumer, that should be my choice. Right. And as a farmer at this farmer's market, you can't even get one of these licenses. There's there's no license that will allow you to cut cheese in the open. You just can't even do it's that. It's not possible. Right. You, If you want to cut cheese and sell cut cheese, you have to have a license. That means you have an inspected business that's indoors, that's you know like sealed off from flies, and it's a permanent building, and it's got hot and cold running water and a three-compartment sink, and I'm sure more there's more requirements than what they're listing here in this article. Well, you can't just, by the sounds of it, not just cut cheese, but even take not have cheese in a wrapper. Mm-hmm. Like, you couldn't even have a bunch of cut cheese already out there, you know. Unless you have a license to have cut cheese. Well, right, to, unless to you cut have cheese. Some, no, no, I think but you would have to wrap it up before you go and sell it. It must be in a containment device mm-hmm. in order to be able to sell this. Because what the complaint was is this lady's like, you know, I don't want to buy two and a half pounds of uh, blocks of cheese and half pound blocks or whatever. I wanted just a bachelor block. Right, she, wanted was, to, she wants a special amount cut right there on the spot. So what the, the cheese cutting guy has to do is he has to guess what uh, sizes his customers are right. going to want. So, and, and then that's going to lead him to the point that, well, you know, all I'm going to do is make, uh, you know, one ounce or 10 ounce or 16 ounce, uh, uh, you know, pieces of cheese. He can't wrap each one of them individually and keep his prices at uh, some reasonable level. It's a mess. We'll continue telling you about it here in a moment. Some people want their food so fresh that it's, uh, you know, the blood is still coursing through its veins. If you're looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear, ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, 
and tactical fish finders. Uh, excuse me, tactical flashlights and fish finders. I wonder if there is a tactical fish finder. Hmm. Boating equipment. ManVentureOutpost.com. They're family-owned and members in good standing of the Better Business Bureau. You don't know how important this is when you're dealing with online businesses. Some prices are so low they can't even be mentioned. The manufacturers exclude uh, you know, mentioning their names along with their prices if they're too low. You can get additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. You can get it quick and get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. So according to this story here about this cheese cutting, uh, the NYDailyNews.com is reporting that uh, the bureaucrat who is in charge of uh, the spokes bureaucrat for the Agricultural Department in New York had this to say. She says, we don't want dirty utensils used at farmer's markets. Because having it under a roof is important. There are many risks involved in slicing cheese in an open-air market. The product could be exposed to the elements, to bacteria and germs, while it's not wrapped, she said. I guess that's true with every product, though. Could, isn't that true with vegetables and everything that they sell at the farmer's market? Why just cheese? None of the 23,000 licenses that have been granted statewide is for slicing cheese in an outdoor market, she said. And according to one of the vendors who's in his fourth year vending there at the market, uh, Ed Huff said, I was encouraged by the green market to fresh slice my cheese when I first came here. It's what the customer expects. That's what they told me. Now, Huff, 40, uh, 55 years old, a fourth-generation farmer, plastic wraps his cheeses at home. He says, we don't want a $600 fine because, you know, we're bit obedient Americans and we'll pay $600 whatever. $600 fine's a lot of money. We'll pay whatever fine we're told to pay because, you know, that's what good Americans do is they follow all the rules and they do exactly what they're told and they bow down and they kiss the ring and they uh, lick a boot whenever they're told to. They bitch about it. They don't like it very much. They, you know, they have the freedom of speech to where they can complain in a newspaper article, but ultimately they're not going to do what makes their customers happy. They're not going to take a risk for their clients. They're going to go ahead and bow down and do do whatever it is that they're told. Because what what happens if the agriculture department finds you $600 and you don't pay? I don't know. I doubt anybody's ever bothered to find out. They're probably too afraid. Yeah, many of these fines have no real backing of uh, you know the, the violence of the state. I mean, you know, they can try in to some take cases. Yeah, yeah, they can try to take your license away or something like that. I, suppose. I don't have a license. I'm just selling stuff here at the farmers market. Yeah, right. I you know I I don't know. The agriculture department is We're such obedient serfs in this country that few people are willing to even find out. And, uh, you know, the ones that that just ignore the fine. Well, nothing ever happens. Uh, for instance, uh, you know, there was a, a situation where Russell Canning, a guy who is, uh, you know, here for for a while for the Free State Project, he's moved away from Texas for family reasons, but intends to come back. He, um, you know, got fined by the TSA for what leaving their line or yeah, twenty five hundred dollar fine for some nonsense. And I don't remember what it yeah. was, but something that's nonsense. entirely unenforceable. It hasn't been, you know, it's not passed by down by some judge or anything. Right, like people that. have been given two hundred fifty dollar fines for forgetting and leaving a knife in their bag, that kind of yeah. thing. And he just didn't pay. And nope. There's never been anything come of it. Not that I've heard of. They 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 don't have the force of law. This is some agency just issuing a fine right it's i mean i can issue them a fine and they ignore it and what am i going to do about it exactly right so that i think would be the most interesting thing here because eleanor gordon who's one of the customers there says i don't like buying the cheese in plastic it absorbs the flavor she thinks she said that i think the government's just gone overboard and its rules and regulations they've just gone nuts i believe in clean she said but we've all survived with a few germs 
In fact, isn't there some kind of uh, information out there that shows that uh, all the germ-killing products out there, you know, like kills 99.99% of germs, that uh, the overuse of these products has basically made it so that people's immune systems aren't as strong as they could be? I've, I've absolutely heard this. Autoimmune diseases are more likely in, uh, you know, sort of westernized countries or industrialized countries than they are in, um, you know, other countries because we don't get exposed to the germs. I make my sandwiches on windowsills and... Uh... I haven't called in sick to work in six years. Wow. Window. Why are you making a sandwich on a windowsill? Because it goes to the refrigerator, and then the windowsill is like closest to the refrigerator. The so it's counter just lazy. is across just laziness the room. Is what you're saying. Sure. <laughs> it's convenience. It's not laziness. Uh-huh. All right. Well, uh, 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Maybe you're somebody that supports these regulations. Uh, certainly would love to hear from you to defend the status quo, because I think the ideal situation would be for this... One of these vendors just keep cutting his cheese out there in the open to satisfy these customers. I mean, the poll here on the New York Times, or excuse me, New York Daily News website, 71% say it's stupid. Let them cut the cheese wherever they damn well please. So clearly, most people, at least on the web poll, are saying these guys are fine. Leave them alone. More coming up here. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. As a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy, and the taxes feed the very beast stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why the Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul, lingering odors, and no smoke, secondhand or otherwise. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up what you want. Dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features there, totally free. Once again, freetalklive.com features, including the BBS, which allows you to interact with other Free Talk Live listeners. And it's free, like everything else on our website, bbs.freetalklive.com. We'll get you there. You know, you hear ads for gold on radio and even television all the time and they don't really talk to you about they talk to you about investing in gold and silver but they don't really talk to you about the most important aspect of investing which is buy low so that you can sell high you can't make money if you're not buying at a good rate and We've set up gold.freetalklive.com to make that easy. You can go there. You can see the coins. You can buy them. You can comparison shop on the Internet or via the telephone with these other organizations because these coins are common coins that you can purchase. Check it out, gold.freetalklive.com. I've uh, handpicked several coins there. I hope that you uh, that they, they, they fit your needs. I think they will. Gold.freetalklive.com. All right, so 800-259-9231, that is the number here. Oh, I said we were going to do an update on the Orlando situation. For those of you that are unaware, uh, in Orlando, Florida, for the last few weeks, there have been multiple arrests. Dozens of people have been arrested at Lake Eola Park, which is a downtown park within a two-mile radius of City Hall, where people are being fed. People who are hungry, maybe they're homeless or just down on their luck or just are hungry, hungry. and they happen to be passing through, jogging, uh, are being fed. At this park, and there's a city ordinance that was passed within the last, I don't know, whenever, uh, 
that uh, that basically says if you're feeding people in an amount of over 25 people that you're feeding people within a two mile radius of City Hall, you are committing a crime. And the mayor of uh, Orlando has called these people food terrorists. The people who are doing the feeding is what the mayor has called them. Really? Food terrorists. Is that recent or is that uh This is recent. All yeah. of this is recent. And uh, so the folks from Food Not Bombs and the folks from OrlandoCopWatch.com have been coming out on a weekly basis, actually twice a week, Mondays and Wednesdays, to feed people in the park. They continue to be arrested. The police keep throwing resources at this. These people believe thoroughly in feeding hungry people. So they're going to do this because they believe it is right, just, and moral. And then this mayor, who I don't know what his deal is, is calling them food terrorists yeah. because they're trying to feed people. I, I think that this is absolutely insane. But only over 25 people at a time? Right. You could Correct. feed 24 people and you would not be a food terrorist, but feeding 25 people makes you a food terrorist. Now, I love picking apart laws, so I'd like to see the actual text of this statute or uh, ordinance, but what if I said, well, I just, I'm just i not feeding 30 people, I just fed 10 people, then stopped for five seconds and I fed 10 more people. But, the cops don't really care. They're just coming not. and dragging people away. Right, and they've drug off over 25. Uh, they've walked off. Most of them have been compliant when they've been arrested. But uh, they've walked off 25 people and put them in handcuffs and taken them and charged them with this crime and then have issued no trespass orders against them, trying to prevent them from coming back to that same park. So this has been going on now for weeks, and Orlando uh, has been now attacked by the hacktivists, uh, people behind – some of the folks behind Anonymous have announced a campaign to attack Orlando's web assets, which uh, began apparently yesterday, is uh, going to presumably continue until they stop arresting folks. So I haven't heard too much more about Anonymous's campaign, but there's other news about our friends with Orlando Copwatch. Because these guys aren't just doing the uh, the Lake Eola Park thing. They're doing other activism as well, like standing in front of the courthouse and handing out fully informed jury information, letting jurors, potential jurors know and the members of the public know that they have the right to use jury nullification if they're on a jury. Meaning that they can say guilty or not guilty based on their opinion about the law and not about the facts in the case. And this is something that's very upsetting to the people in the halls of power, specifically one man in a robe, uh, Judge Belvin Perry, issued an order a few weeks back basically banning any kind of outreach on the courthouse grounds. You can't hold signs, you can't talk to jurors, can't talk to, uh, you can't talk, you can't hand out flyers, you can't be an activist on the Orlando courthouse grounds which is essentially a four block swath of land in downtown huge. orlando it's a tremendously large facility with a huge parking lot and everything you cannot be and, anywhere and in this there. is where the growth of government is going on in a lot of cases right there on these courthouse steps and these lawyers who essentially have uh, taken over what was supposed to be a citizen government um you know they're, they're just they're trying to block every way for normal people to be involved in their government yeah, they don't like this. This is bureaucracy, people. They don't like this information getting out, and it was looking good for a while. They had uh, Julian Heichlin, the uh, world-renowned uh, disobedient uh, jury nullification activist, come out there and and violate the judge's ban on handing out pamphlets. He was not arrested. Uh, he did that more than once and was not arrested at any point there. However, an arrest has been made. It happened today in Orlando, as. Activist John Kurtz from Orlando Copwatch, one of the guys behind Orlando Copwatch and who is one of the 
primary. He was also the guy that kicked off the feeding the homeless uh, civil disobedience in Orlando by feeding the homeless on the city hall steps. He is active. In Orlando. John and some of the Orlando crew came up to the Porcupine Freedom Festival this past week. Got yep. to meet up with him again. And Mark, I think you met him for the first time, actually. Yes, that's, that's so. Really, really nice uh, nice guys from Orlando. And they had a good time up here in uh, in New Hampshire. But uh, unfortunately, John was on trial today, and uh, tomorrow his trial will be continuing, where he's facing six years in prison for a felony count of recording the police. Now, I don't know what the actual charge is, you know, wiretapping or disorderly conduct or some other nonsense like that. But essentially, they, they make up. Yeah, they arrested him for re- recording the cops. So outside of the courthouse, he had some supporters, both inside and outside of the court. And libertarian activist Mark Schmitter uh, Schmitter was arrested today for handing out jury nullification flyers. This according to FreelineMediaOrlando.com. Handing out these flyers to prospective jurors in front of the Orange County Courthouse. Although Schmitter has been handing out the flyers since last September, there has been an administrative order in place since January 31st banning the practice. Until today, however, the order has never been enforced. Susan Soto, the public information officer for the Orange County Sheriff's Office, confirmed that Schmitter was arrested this morning by sheriff's deputies, but referred all questions about the arrest to the courthouse. Spokes bureaucrat for the courthouse said that he was arrested and arraigned this afternoon in the court of Chief Belvin Perry, the same man that issued the order against handing this stuff out. Perry said that his arraignment today uh, and had his arraignment today at one thirty and was released on a twenty five hundred dollar bond. He was charged with indirect criminal contempt. Indirect criminal contempt. Was then transported to the Orange County Jail. Schmitter, who is 64 years old, was old enough to be your grandfather, perhaps, uh, was booked into the jail at 4.10 in the afternoon. Judge Perry had issued the administrative order banning anyone from handing out written material to prospective jurors on the grounds that it represented a form of jury tampering. The order may have been of course, he wasn't charged with jury tampering. That's and this an is a thousand-year right of juries to nullify bad laws. Mm-hmm. And it's not attempting to sway the jury on a Just case. Just educating them about the reality. Right. It's not saying, vote this way on this case, or you should do this. It's saying you have the fra- the power as a juror to decide the, the, the law based on your opinion about it. I'm not sure how this courthouse works, but I... Guess you could make the argument that current jurors are going through the same door that prospective jurors are going through Mm -hmm. if this is a huge courthouse and you wouldn't want to be handing flyers to current jurors because it could be interpreted as jury tampering at that point because they're on a case and they're not supposed to be influenced by outside sources but you're not attempting to influence anybody to a specific case i I don't even think there's a problem there and we've never been charged with jury tampering here um in any cases and we've done some pretty outrageous things that you know they could very well have just hit people with charges like uh, john connell standing out in front of a courthouse during a trial of a free stater or excuse me a liberty activist right and holding a sign that says seven years for gardening or you know no victim no crime i mean and we were handing things out to uh those jurors if we if we could and every month here in Keene, new hampshire i and others stand in front of the, the courthouse and hand flyers to every single potential juror that's walking into that court those people are going to be picked for a case but we're not saying to them hey vote not guilty in so and so versus so and so we're not saying that there's no actual in just education right it's, all this is, is education right these are your rights here they are So this man was arrested for this educational process today in Orlando, 800-259-9231. The John Kurtz case continues, and there's a little bit more on what's going on. We'll share that with you here in a moment. 800-259-9231. You take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. 
thousands of years ago. From the time of Moses to the time of Alexander the Great, Julius Caesar, and beyond. TrustedCoins.com brings you an incredible selection of authentic Greek, Biblical, Roman, and Byzantine ancient coins, all certified authentic by world-renowned numismatic expert, Ilya Zlobin. Transport yourself to the distant past now at TrustedCoins.com. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free. In these remaining moments, there is still enough time for you and your thoughts. If you make the call right now, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features for free. Now, if you enjoy the program and you want to help support Free Talk Live, there are a few different ways to do that. You can promote us. Go to promote.freetalklive.com. Get a list of things that you can do to help put Free Talk Live into more ears around the world. Uh, there are different ways to go about that, including uh, grabbing some web banners or printing out flyers or maybe calling your local talk radio station on behalf of Free Talk Live. Promote.freetalklive.com. Head on over there and uh, get some ideas. That's promote.freetalklive.com. We appreciate the efforts. As we continue here with an update out of Orlando, Florida, which has become a real hot spot over the last year, ever since the Orlando uh, Copwatch crew came up to the Porcupine Freedom Festival and were, from what I understand, inspired by a lot of the activism that's been going on up here in uh, New Hampshire. They've uh, really kicked off uh, within the last year and started doing some really visible and effective, I think, uh, activism. I'd agree. Uh, unfortunately, when you do visible, effective activism, uh, it, it attracts violence on the part of the state and uh, the people calling themselves the state, that is. And in the, this particular event today, there was a trial for John Kurtz, who'd been aggressed against for recording the cops. Uh, he's still on trial. They, they basically managed to pick a jury today. And according to John's uh, friends who were there at the courtroom today, uh, the jury doesn't look so great. Just, you know, just eyeballing him, looking at him. Mm. His friend says he didn't really like the uh, the ones that. Ended I don't up like what picked. I see, which of course makes sense because uh, you know the people that are picked for juries tend to be uh, very docile and obedient uh, Americans. The the state uh, people want to make sure they're they're packing the jury with as many uh, state lovers as they uh, can possibly find. So it's likely a pretty difficult task to try to get liberty oriented people on a jury. But uh, in the hopes of maybe converting someone to a or or finding somebody who has a I guess a somewhat open mind, there were people outside of the Orlando courthouse that were doing fully informed jury outreach. They were handing out information to these jurors to inform them about jury nullification, and one of those folks was arrested for it. Uh his name is uh, Mark Schmitter and he's 65 years old, was arrested in front of the courthouse today this morning. As he was handing out that information, he apparently did uh, go limp. He laid down as soon as he uh, determined that he was going to be arrested. And as soon as they mentioned they were arresting him, he just laid down on the ground, went limp, didn't resist, according to James Cox, who was also up at uh, the Porcupine Freedom Festival. A very dynamic activist. Yep, got to uh, to meet him recently uh, last week as well. Fiji's goal, by the way, is to encourage jurors to vote not guilty if they disagree with or disapprove of the law the defendant's being charged with. The result, the organization based in Montana believes, will send a message to state and federal lawmakers that there are too many victimless crimes that people are being prosecuted for. Schmitter endorsed the concept and spent four months months handing out the flyers every Monday morning in front of the courthouse until Perry issued his order.
order on January 31st. The ACLU responded with a lawsuit challenging the order, which Fiji supported. Schmitter had started handing out the flyers again this month, and the media swarmed, uh, or as the media swarmed on the Orange County Courthouse for a different uh, high-profile trial. Cox said, uh, let's see, that uh, what had surprised him about this arrest is that Schmitter had been going to the courthouse for months, often with Julian Heiklin from New Jersey, who'd been engaging in civil disobedience since the 1940s. Although the two men defied Perry's order numerous times, neither of them had ever been arrested. But all of a sudden today, they decided to go ahead and, uh, you know, throw well, the uh, the gauntlet down. This so was speak. for uh, John Kurtz's uh, uh, trial. trial. Yeah. yeah. So Fija had actually discouraged Schmitter from distributing flyers at the courthouse, and Cox said the association preferred to let the ACLU challenge it on free speech grounds and was worried that if Schmitter got arrested, it would discourage other activists from distributing the flyers in the future. Uh, Fija's stance on this, the courthouse should have been left alone, and I'm glad they didn't leave the courthouse alone because I think that's the wrong approach. Fija wanted to discourage him from... Distributing flyers because if he was arrested, it would discourage people from distributing flyers? That's the uh, the claim, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, there's there are a lot of courthouses in the United States, and most of them, I guess, you can uh, distribute these flyers, or at least a good portion of them. And perhaps what they're saying is, well, let's let's let uh, the ACLU fight this out on this one courthouse, but we'd rather keep all those other courthouses. We don't want people getting scared. And you know, I mean, I suppose it's it's some kind of it's a strategy. Is it a good it's, one or a bad one? It's a it's a wimpy strategy. It's just oh, let's use the system and we'll work it out through the courts. It'll only take fifteen years, and then we'll you know. We'll make a decision someday that that's, you can – I mean that's essentially what we're talking about here. Right, the courts this, go so slow. This guy being arrested forces the court to read that pamphlet. I assume that has to be entered into evidence and I assume the court has to decide if that is or is not influencing jurors one way or the other. Well, sure, but the court probably has already decided what it's going to say and what what are they going to what are, what are we really going to accomplish here? Do you want the Supreme Court saying that uh, the jury nullification is uh, is is not something I mean I don't know that they could, but I think that they could just they can stall this stuff. I mean these these are lawyers. They know how to use their words to make uh, make this you know, not happen. Well, that's why I'm glad this that uh, Mark Schmitter went back out there and continued to do this uh, in defiance of this man's order. Uh, and it should be interesting to see how this plays out. I don't know what indirect cr- uh, criminal contempt that means uh, that you're is. not in the presence of the court. Oh, I see. You're not in well, like within visible distance in the courtroom yep. of the man in the robe. You're Got in contempt it. if you say don't pay a fine that the court has imposed, but you could be, you know, still in contempt. So I don't know if that means that there's going to be a trial because I know with criminal contempt, normally there's no trial. It's just, bam, you're in jail. I mean, our friend uh, Bo was put in jail for five days. Uh, well, is there a difference between criminal contempt and then contempt of court? Because there are two different types of contempt, as I understand it. There's civil contempt and criminal contempt. Okay. But there may be different types of contempt in different uh, states. So I'm only familiar with New Hampshire. I don't know all the, you know, the ins and outs of the We have the had Florida trials system. in New Hampshire of people that were charged with contempt. So hmm. Dave okay. Ridley for recording in the court lobby was charged with contempt of the court order for recording in the lobby. And there was a trial on that? Yes. Okay. Well, then I've got one coming up because I've been charged with contempt for violating bail conditions. So I don't know. Indirect contempt. I guess. So I don't, maybe that's I why. Know. It's all very confusing to me. 
And uh, anyway, I just appreciate the fact that this guy went out there and defied this judge's order and continued to hand out this information. I hope that he's not the only one. I do, too. I don't want to make it seem like I don't. I'm just saying that Fiji has its plan, and its plan is valid for it. But the thing is, is it's a decentralized organization that just advocates people passing out pamphlets. Those people are going to pass out those pamphlets any way they want. If Fiji wants to distance itself from this guy, I don't care. Look. You need to understand something if you're going to be doing activism. It's risky. Even the most seemingly innocuous of activism. Yeah, like handing out pamphlets. Handing out, come on. You, you, know, you look at the, the Constitution, the First Amendment. Uh, Seems pretty clear that in the United States right. of America where pamphlets are what built the country. Yeah. Like literally, this country would not have been free from England if it wasn't for pamphleting. That clearly handing out pamphlets should be legal. Yeah, but not when they say it isn't. Yeah. Exactly. Whoa, 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 whoa. You can't hand out pamphlets here. This is this is a courtroom. These are court steps. The feds even have a charge called illegal distribution of handbills. Yes. There's actually a law that bans people handing out stuff. I mean, it's just They've done crazy. everything but say, hey, no, it's not a free country. Sorry, you got lied yeah, to. Right. <laughs> it's all in their actions, though. So anybody that looks at this can make those, you know, can come to those conclusions. So, uh, you know, this continues. And my point being, you've got to understand that you're risking something. I mean, that's just the way it is. You're threatening the status quo. These people are going to take this real personal. They've liked things the way they've been. It's been good to be in the gang. Still is. They've got a sweet pension, all kinds of great benefits, and they can do whatever the flip they want to you. And that's how it pretty much is today. But those things could change. If enough people were active, but they don't want you to be active. So that's why they're trying to make examples out of people like Mark Schmitter in Florida or John Kurtz, who's on trial for using a video camera or our friend Adamo, who was talking to a judge or uh, Derek, who was arrested here in Keene yesterday for using a video camera. Again, they're trying to scare you. They want you to be afraid so you won't do anything. So you look around and say, well, boy, I don't think it'd be better if I just keep quiet. I should just keep to myself. Take care of myself. Don't worry about any of this freedom stuff. Because that's going to work, right? That won't lead down the road to tyranny, will it? You just ignoring everything that goes on around the you? The only thing for, uh, the, oh, I, I don't know what the quote is, but the, the only thing it takes for tyrants to win is for good men to sit silently. That's right. And most people just don't do anything. And that's why we're where we are. So you have to ask yourself, are you willing to take a risk? I don't want most people to do anything, frankly. I think most people are idiots. and they, Well, um, that's really a negative view of uh, the world. And I, I look, I, all it. I have to do is see how they vote in order – I mean, you know, their actions You've are voted what, before, so what? Yep. I, people what, make, I, I don't think there's something wrong with voting. I think that there's something wrong with people evils. demanding money be stolen from us, other people, in order to get what they want. Well, whatever, Mark. They don't understand most how the marketplace works. understand don't do anything. Most people who understand liberty uh, don't do anything because they're scared. And because the there's a the TV at home. There's all kinds of excuses and distractions. The only reason, the only way you're going to make a change is if you're willing to change yourself and take a risk. Now, you can eliminate the risk or lessen it by getting together with others, and that's why we're here in New Hampshire. The following edition of the Edgington Post interview series is brought to you by the Free Talk Live AMP program. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier today for as little as 3 bucks a month. Get perks and help us get on more radio stations and more internet connections at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. And here's Mark. 
All right. Well, it's another edition of the Edgington Post, and today I have on with me somebody who's never been on the Edgington Post before, um, and pro- somebody who's probably never even heard of Free Talk Live until today, Michael Marlowe. Michael, you there? Yes, I am. Glad to be here. Uh, now, Michael, um, why don't you give everybody your cred? Uh, wh- where are you from? I'm from San Luis Obispo, uh, California, which is um, at uh, California Polytechnic State University, the long name for Cal Poly. I've been out here for about 20 years. Now, um, I'm an economics professor. We get a lot of those here on the Edgington Post. It's really strange that a show that really is into, uh, well, uh, Austrian economics and stuff like that, that, that we'd have that many uh, economists. But we certainly do. There are a few of us. Uh, <laughs> few and far between I've seen, but uh, I'm one of them. Now, um, I've gotten a, um, an abstract here from the, the new issue of Regulation Magazine that's coming out, and it, uh, it has in it an article that, uh, you know, f- f- frankly, the, the editor, Tom Fiery, said was really great. And so that's the reason you're on, is to talk mm. about this article that's coming out. And it's called Optimal Weight. Tell me about this article. Well, <laughs> this is a, this is a, been a really a fun project for Alden and myself. We've been, you know, watching the obesity debate and the epidemic and all, and wondering uh, what can we contribute here. And we started thinking about all this and seeing that, as usual, the you know the public health uh, proponents are coming in, looking at obesity, and what they want to do is just say we need less of it. And being skeptical, Alden and I go, well, how do we know? Um, shouldn't we think about, you know, the forces that may be contributing to what, you know, we certainly observe, you know, these expanding waistlines. So what we did is do something kind of out of the box or outside the box, I should say. Um, what's the optimal level of weight? Um, thinking like an economist, you know, there's got to be an efficient level, just like, you know, an efficient level of pollution or an efficient level of noise or something like that. And so we started thinking, isn't there a demand and a supply for weight from the point of view of individuals? So after we uh, you know, started thinking about that and looking you know, behind our shoulders at our academic brethren that may not like this approach, <laughs> um, we started, I think, coming out with some pretty useful uh, you know, observations. So that's sort of how it started. So, um, you know, I mean, you, you look around, Americans' waistlines have been giving, getting bigger and bigger uh, throughout the, the years. I mean, that's, that seems to be a reality. And you're questioning whether or not fat is healthy or not healthy. Is that what you're questioning? We're asking three fundamental questions that we don't think that um, the public health advocates usually want to ask. And number one is, what is the optimal level of weight? Number two, has it changed over time? And number three, is it a one-size-fits-all formula? That is, are some people destined to have, you know, larger waistlines than others? And what's kind of prompting this is that there is this Healthy Goals uh, 2010 that the federal government puts out, and they pulled these numbers out, of which we think are out of a hat, that says, well, what we want, even though adults now have about a 33% obesity prevalence, we want it to be 15%. And children and adolescents that have about a 17% prevalence of obesity, we want it to be 5 So Alden and I are scratching our heads and going, well, other than those two numbers, 
you know, 15% and 5% being divisible by five. Yeah, I'm those, not sure, you know, what does this mean? What you, the, human mind, about it? the human mind likes things that are divisible by five better than it, things that, that aren't. Um, certainly tens, divisible by ten, is, is even better, right? Yeah. You know, but... Yeah, and, I mean, we're going... This doesn't make much sense. I mean, why should we think there's any credibility to this approach? You know, what framework are they using? And, you know, typically I've done a lot of work on related topics of, you know, smoking control and things like that. I'm going, all they're saying is we want less of it, but we're not going to, you know, really put together what we call a model as to, you know, what would be an efficient or optimal level. So that's what kind of justified this for us to really look into this. And looking at the economic literature especially, no one really wants to tackle this topic like that either. You know, uh, so it, it is a campaign yeah. season, though, and uh, Michelle Obama is getting on a lot of television programs pushing this. I mean, that's got to be good for them, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it sounds good. I mean, that's, that's why I, was, I said, you know, Alden and I are going in, do we really want to get into this topic? Because, you know, people will paint us by saying, you know, oh, they just think obesity is wonderful. Or, you know, what are they trying to do, promote more of it? And we're saying, no, let's let's ask a question. Um, does the government know what, you know, the optimal waistline is for us? And does is it, it a one-size-fits-all? Does, does it know? I mean, well, so, uh, so how'd you find that out? Well, what we, okay, we're, we're market-oriented people, so we're, we're looking just like the government does as outside observers, and we're observing people's weight getting you know, uh, higher over time. You know, everybody observes that. So we're asking, is there a demand and a supply that's moving for weight? And you know, if you look at it, weight is you know, what we've known all along, and that is more calories going in than going out. Uh, you know, the old adage that, you know, I think doctors would always tell you is if you want to lose weight, you do two things, and that is eat less and exercise more. That makes sense, yeah. Um, yeah, and, you know, so we're thinking, you know, they're trying to make it more complicated than this um, by saying that it's not that obvious. Well, what our model does, and we developed this in our paper and regulation, is that the demand for weight gain has grown. Well, Various reasons. Food starts to taste better. It's cheaper, partly because of government that's subsidizing through ag policies. Yeah, mostly uh, meats and uh, wheat uh, or you know grains and not so much fruits and vegetables or nuts or anything like that. Right. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's always kind of going in, you know, in directions. So, you know, these unintended effects, we call them. Uh, similarly, the, you know, food stamp programs. It's, it's interesting. Uh, we looked in the Department of Ag, uh, all the research that's been done and by academics, has government contributed to obesity and through their own programs. And there was a study that was done a few years back, and we cite it, that says we cannot really determine whether or not we haven't, in fact, been promoting obesity through things like food stamp programs. Uh, How would so, food stamp you know, programs... How do food stamp programs promote obesity? It's my understanding, and I'm not an expert when it comes to food stamps by any means, but it's my understanding that uh, people that get food stamps get themselves, I don't know, like a little book of food stamps, and then they spend it on whatever they want to spend it on. So how does that promote obesity? Well, you're just subsidizing uh, purchases of items of which some are going to be, you know, fast food or, 
sugar or ice cream, uh, pizza or whatever, if you give somebody food stamps, and even if you tell them, listen, you can't use it for soda or you can't use it for ice cream, what happens? Well, they use that, you know, for the uh, other types of food consumptions, and then they have more money left over from which they can do what? Well, you know, buy the other types of food. Sure. Uh, there's a recent study, um, let me, I've got it right here, that's really pretty fascinating about it. It's a, um, it was done by Zagorski and Smith, and we cite it in the paper. And they report that a typical female food stamp participant's mm-hmm. BMI, or body mass index, is a significantly more than someone with the same social economic characteristics not in the food stamp program. For an average American woman, with the same socioeconomic characteristics, the one that gets food stamp weighs about six pounds more than the one that doesn't. Hmm. Um, that's well, you know pretty significant. I guess that could um, be that, that could be attributed to you know eating you know having less food to eat. Someone would claim, I suppose, that um, you know that the food stamp recipient is getting more food in their house and therefore is uh, healthier and has uh, you know a, a larger body mass in general. Um, you know, is, isn't that possible? I mean, shouldn't it be compared to... They don't make that claim. <laughs> no, I don't think they make that claim. I mean, uh, if you look at it, the uh, women are, tend to be more obese than men, you know, by about one or two percentage points. Um, you know, it's, it, it really, if, they, if they're going to argue that we don't even know that our own programs aren't promoting obesity, it mm-hmm. tells you a lot. No, yeah, yeah, it, it seems they like probably it. Think it probably does. Um, but, you know, there are these unintended effects. Similarly, with the anti-tobacco that's been going, you know, the war on tobacco for the last 20 years, and I'm not here promoting smoking by any means, but the unintended consequence, it appears, is that when we wean people off of cigarettes, they tend to eat more. And if you look at the statistics on uh, obesity prevalence, former smokers tend to be much heavier than the ones that aren't former smokers. So there's, you know, this trade-off, you know, we are trying to make people more healthy by having them not smoke, but at the same time, it seems to be that we push people into becoming heavier at the same time. Yeah, it does seem like, so, um, you know, you know, you've got these two major causes of, uh, you know, as so I've been told, and I believe it, uh, that, you know, sort of you know, a bad state of health, which is smoking and being obese, and that if you aren't one, you're the other. It's sad. Yeah, and there's some research that suggests that people who smoke uh, tend to, you know, want to be, or they need to be addicted to something. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you take them off cigarettes, they might become more addicted to food. I don't know. I'd, I'd have to research that further. But the point is this, uh, and it pervades, you know, the research that I've worked with with Alden and, and others over the years, and that is it's one thing to have these good intentions uh, with, you know, government policies. We want to, you know, improve people's lives, but the actual results are often quite different and unintended. So that's mean- where I tend to, you know, focus my efforts, trying to bring out uh, what really happens, the difference between, you know, the intentions and the consequences. And I think... The war on obesity is going to be ripe for a lot of unintended consequences, unfortunately. Yeah, and and you know that's that's the one thing. Uh, you, uh, by the way, you've mentioned Alden uh, here a couple of times, and I just want to make sure people know that Alden F. Shears is that right? 
Shires. Shires uh, is Alden a, F. Shires. Uh, is, he's a colleague of mine at Cal Poly, an economist, and he's a um, co-author on so this this uh, particular. He's a co-author on our paper. Yes. Yep. Great. And we did one on soda taxes too that w- came out in Regulation Magazine in the fall. Uh, so this co- at, coming uh, fall? No, last fall. Last fall. Sorry. So mm-hmm. um, now. Uh, you know, as far as this goes, did we? What did we find out besides the government is <laughs> is a poor arbiter of uh, figuring out? Well, trying to get people to be thinner. I mean, it seems like they've they've given a lot of uh, sort of misleading information. You know, we're finding out in diets that carbohydrates cause fat, but in fact, their little food pyramid thing says that fat causes fat, and. It confuses the whole situation, and the, the the grain lobbies say, "Oh no, you can't have us, you know, here on the chart." And the, the meat lobby says this and that, and that. Uh, in fact, what you should learned. Go ahead. Go ahead. What we've learned is that government's overreaching. Um, it has good intentions, I suppose, but it's overreaching. We also go into, and this is the you know the usual criticism: "Oh, but the obese don't pay their full way." Uh, this so-called externality argument. And I hear this over and over and over again, but the research suggests that the uh, obese citizens tend to live shorter lives, and therefore they consume fewer of you know public resources. Sure, old people we take also, medical uh, care and stuff like that. Yes, so they in effect uh, use up fewer resources. Um, I'm not arguing once again that it's great to be obese and we should promote more of it by any means. I'm just saying that their arguments that we need government to intervene are quite flawed. Um, they tend to have shorter life expectancies, and that kind of overturns that so-called externality argument. But we also argue, and we're not the only ones that have ever said this, of course, if the obese really do impose all these costs on the non-obese, then the real solution, I think, is to simply charge them higher insurance rates. Um, you know, why would you, for example, if you had drunk drivers out there, which we, you know, don't want, uh, why would we raise everybody's insurance premiums just to cover that cost? Why wouldn't you raise the insurance premiums of those that have, you know, drunk driving records and not on those that don't? And most people, when you tell them it, tell them uh, that way, they go, well, of course. But when you bring up, you know, the obesity issue, they go, well, I'm not so sure, you know. Maybe it's but, because, uh, you know, the poor tend to be obese and that's, uh, they don't want to, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm just speculating. Well, here. it's a person, you know, it's a question of how much personal responsibility is there going on. Is obesity is something, um, we argue in the paper that it's partially genetics, but in large part, it's also about choices that people make. And that, you know, they understand, I think, that if they continue to eat quite a bit, they will tend to get larger, (laughs) especially if they don't exercise. Some have pushed the argument so far. Um, Kelly Bronwell, for example, in a recent uh, New England Journal of Medicine paper uh, co-authored with some economists, they uh, actually come out and say, um, I've got a quote here, which your listeners may, may appreciate. I'll just be short. But they argue in the New England Journal of Medicine, uh, many persons do not fully appreciate the links between consumptions of these beverages and health consequences. They make consumption decisions with imperfect information. These decisions are likely to be further distorted by the extensive marketing campaigns that advertise the benefits of consumption. A second failure results from the time inconsistent preferences. That is, decisions provide short-term gratification. 
but long-term harm. So they go on and say basically that uh, consumers tend to be somewhat ignorant and perhaps lazy. Yes, Um, sounds like what they're saying, yeah. So, you know, they think that they're going to then come in and uh, relieve us of the short-term gratification syndrome. Um, But once again, these unintended consequences. uh, In research that I've looked at, when we've gone with the war on tobacco, what we've done, and studies have shown this, uh, the smokers who continue to smoke tend to smoke more intensely, and they also smoke cigarettes with more tar and nicotine, which harm them more, uh, especially their internal organs. Uh, smoking bans do something similar. What happens is that those that really want to continue smoking uh, and then have the smoking ban in front of them, what do they do? Well, they go out into a you know outside area. And they smoke four, you know, or three cigarettes in rapid succession Mm -hmm. uh, rather than timing it out more. And what does that do? It hurts their, you know, internal organs more. So you might argue, well, they deserve it or something. I I wouldn't argue that. But Well, this is true. Yeah. um, I mean, I thought thought the rules were to help people. consequences. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So it's just really – Pretty interesting here. So, um, Michael, how would uh, you know? I don't know when the uh, the the issue of Regulation Magazine comes out. How are people going to find this article? Be able to read it in in total and uh, that kind of thing. It's available online at uh, Cato.org, and they have uh, and under the publication section uh, for Regulation Magazine. Gotcha. And people would so, just search, and it's for, free. You just download a PDF file. Search for optimal weight. Yes, uh, it's in the current uh, issue that's advertised actually online right now with uh, Regulation Magazine uh, at uh, Cato.org. And Michael, don't and, you have a uh, book coming out? I have a book. Uh, thank you for uh, mentioning that. It's called, and I, uh, I love the second title more than the first, but I'll give you the first first: <laughs> The Myth of Fair and Efficient Government. All right. The second title is. Why the government you want is not the one you get. Mm, yeah. And uh, that's the one I wanted to go with, but they thought it was a little too abstract. <laughs> um, it's available uh, on Amazon right now for pre-order, but it's going to come out at the end of next month, and there's some previews on it on the on the website. But I, this is very similar to what I've just been talking about with the obesity issue, and that is you know, all these great intentions of government but what I'm trying to do is explain to readers why they tend to be so disappointed with government. And the bottom line is, I'm hoping, this is why I wrote the book, is that people will go, well, duh, after they go through the arguments. Michael that, L. Marlowe. Know, it shouldn't be a shock. <laughs> Indeed. Michael L. Marlowe, thank you for the interview today. And uh, when your book comes out, we'll have you on. Just talk about it briefly. And thanks very much for your time today. You're most welcome. Thank you.